We accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain. And an athlete. And a basket case. A princess. And a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps faith today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist, and should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known. I was saving it like some sort of fine wine, but I will say that I was—I knew that the breakfast because I, I think you know you and I split up the speech finding. I don't know, maybe 60-40. No, you do it like eight, it's like eighty twenty. You do it most of the hey, time. And then you've got the Independence Day ready, but I, you know, but occasionally I just come in and I was running late or I haven't got anything done or I just I suck. And it's it, ten fifty four, and you come running in. I don't have a speech. I don't have anything ready. Make me look cool. Um. But you always sort of, you know what it is? It's it, Likeness has done that riff before about how you, you know, if you, if late at night, and you're, maybe girls do this too, but you're a guy and you've got the whatever, the what they used to call the little black book. You know, and you have your A list and then the B list and then like then like the N list and then the, the Z list. And that Breakfast Club, though, is one you all, I've always sort of kept that in reserve in the back of my head. I'm like, you know, if worst comes to absolute worst. If we don't have anything prepared, that Breakfast Club speech is always there. We can, it, you know, it is. It's behind glass, labeled like "break here" in case no one has their crap together at 11 a.m. 
because it's clean. There's no profanity. Everybody knows it. It's already it's done. It's ready. It's got music underneath it. It's instantly identifiable, and you know. Just as you knew, with absolute certainty, Sarah, that you can find it on YouTube at a moment's notice. Like a hundred guys have got that Breakfast Club speech posted. And they all think, I'm going to post the Breakfast Club speech. I'm going to be really groundbreaking. Why are you making fun of me? I'm not making fun of you. I'm saying it's a great choice. I, it hasn't been in the back of my mind. I thought it was quite brilliant for oh, me to see, come up with that no, with, for me, in two minutes. I'm not saying it's a cliched choice. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's hackneyed. I'm saying it was inevitable. That's the, that's the great thing about okay, it. it okay, okay, I can see that. It was an inevitable speech. We had to get to it eventually, and it's just made even better by the fact that it, it's really convenient to do because you just you know it's there, and it lets me rip on the Breakfast Club for like an hour, which I'll do here in just a minute. Um, but I started to laugh at several things. A Breakfast Club because I didn't know what you were going to play. At a certain point, uh, I, I think on this show or any group of people who work together for a long enough time, you, you don't really know what everybody else uh, in the room is working on at some point. You just assume they're, that they're going to have their act together. you just sort of like, well, they'll, they'll come up with something. It's not my job. They'll, they'll take care of it, I guess. Sort of like when you're landing an airplane. You, just, you figure the guy next to you has done his job and the landing gear's down. You didn't do it, but you just figure he did. So I'm like, well, you know, Sarah didn't tell me what speech you queued up, but I'm sure it's something good. And then it was the breakfast club, which was great. Um... To moments like that when this program is just like a finely oiled watch. Uh, so there was that. Then, of course, the Independence Day speech right after that. Which you is can't one... get away from Bill Pullman. No, you can't. He haunts you outside your window. You know that window. the day the show will peak is when we can actually interview Bill Pullman on of the course. air. I've decided that we have to have a huge poster of Bill Pullman in the studio. Not an Independence Day poster. I would love to meet Bill Pullman. Just a huge poster of him. Well, you know, he's got that new project he's pushing. He's kind of weird looking now, though. Have you seen him? He shaved no. his head and looked all crazy. Really? Mm-hmm. But he had that cool part in his hair. Is Dr. Jameson? Why would he shave his head? Was it for a role? Jameson. What is it? Why would he do that? I don't know. That's too. You know, and never mind. I was just going to say, you know, Sarah, there have been many medical advances in hair restoration. One no longer needs to shave one's head. You know it's true. So I, well, whatever. God bless you, Bill Pullman. God bless you. So there was that. That was the second thing I was laughing at. First thing was Breakfast Club. Second thing was Bill Pullman. Third thing. So you all hear me refer to this. The CNN prep sheet. You guys hear me use that phrase all the time. And it's just its just a little, um, I don't say it's a cheat sheet, but it's, it's called the CNN Radio AM Update. That's actually what it's called. And there's a PM update as well in the afternoon. Um, but it just tells you uh, who's working for CNN on what day and what they're talking about. You know, sometimes like, uh, whatever, like some days Jim Roop is there, some days he's on, on vacation. Um, someday, I think actually today he's out sick. Uh, so it just tells you who's on and kind of what the deal is. Lisa Goddard is talking about Larry Craig. You know, it gives you all of that. But normally, all we do is we just sort of circle who we're going to talk to. We jot down the time next to it. And then that's it. That's it. That's all you write down. So I'm looking at this thing that Scotty has given me. Oh, my God. That's just covered with scrawls. It's just covered with, covered with childlike finger paints. What is going on there? It's like all scribbled out, and then there are orange he's, blotches on it. He's just highlighted things and added things and underlying sections of the story. I think him and Larky Beasel are soulmates. May, that's the worst. That's the saddest thing anybody could ever say about he anybody. He said that he, he, he has the ability to butter her up. With his with his with his butter. With his Scotty butter. <laughs> Can I cover you in Scotty butter? Oh, 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 I wish I was dead. I want to rip my skin off. Not because of you, Scotty, just because of Sure. Sure, it's not because of you. Um, oh. So, and he's he's made, like, sub-points. He's scratched out a whole paragraph. He's added something about Chelsea Clinton at the top. Oh, very exciting. Oh, Bill Pullman does look... He looks kind of old is what he looks. 
He looks old and crazy. He lives in Hollywood. Does he know you don't have to look old? Well, the and presidency puts years on your age. I suppose that is true, especially <laughs> living through an alien invasion. From which Randy Quaid is your only uh, respite. Really, if the thin blue line between you and alien death is Randy Quaid, that'll take uh, <laughs> that'll take years off your life. All right. Well, anyway, so I really should just should post this on the internet. It's just crazy. You need to take a picture of that. It just doesn't make any sense. This CNN prep sheet. Okay. So, well, we'll get to that in a second. I guess we will be talking to folks. Um, when will we be talking to Jim? Or who is the first person we're talking to? I don't know. It's going to take me some time to decipher this. These are sort of these are sort of hieroglyphs. It's just a bunch of pictographs. Um, he wrote out sick next to Jim Roop and then angrily crossed it out and then wrote it somewhere else on the page and circled it. So somebody else? I don't know. I will figure it out. All right. Um, I was just waiting for you to say who was coming on at 11.35 so I could play. In less than an hour. Oh. Uh, let's see. I believe Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us. In less than an hour. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's retarded. All right. Uh, okay. Hi, it's Wednesday, and we are highly trained professionals. Do not attempt this program at home. Uh, all right, what, what's coming up? Uh, Steve Kastamon will be joining us today. Uh, CNN Radio Correspondent. I'm going to try to figure this out. Steve Kastamon will be joining us at 11.35 to talk about, uh, well, he's going to do the, the, the briefest wrap-up on the Iranian president, Mahmoud, blah, 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 blah uh, who I guess talked at some place yesterday, the U.N. or whatever. But then he's got written here, Chelsea Clinton picture dot dot dot. Is there a Chelsea Clinton picture? I mean, I mean, of note, is there something in the news, Tim? Yes, it was posted in a bar in New York City. It was posted in a bar. Yeah. It's not a picture of her in a bar. It's a picture in a bar of her. Yeah. That was some weird syntax. Um, what yeah. is the what What is the nature of the picture? Is it uh, blue? No, it's just her being there. Okay. Well, okay, Scott, it's your, it's your call. We'll talk to him about that. Uh, at 11.50, Scotty has decided that, because at a certain point, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to fault Scotty. I'm not trying to bust his chops, as they say in the East Coast. Um, I'm just saying, usually I or sometimes Sarah will go through the prep sheet, decide who we're talking to and about what. I didn't have time today. My fault. I'm running behind. Not enough time to prep. So I gave the CNN prep sheet to Scotty, and at my parting words to him were, I said, just use your best judgment. Just decide what we're going to be doing. And a lot of Scotty butter. He is uses as much butter as possible. He's decided we're talking to Ed McCarthy about preservatives that have been used in vaccines somewhere. And, of course, that's just the side note, though. The big Ed McCarthy story today is the biggest drop in home prices in 16 years, which Scotty has highlighted, circled, and underlined. I think someone is trying to project his home debt onto the rest of the world, Scotty. So apparently there's a big drop in home prices. If only that had happened a few weeks ago, Scotty. If only the home price drop had happened, well, I don't know, two months ago. Uh, so we'll talk to Ed McCarthy about that. And then Lisa Goddard will be joining us today, a little later than normal, about uh, 1 o'clock, uh, about Larry Craig, who uh, is hearing Senator Larry Craig. So in, in, in Minnesota, uh, they're going to be hearing Senator Larry Craig's petition to overturn his guilty plea about, you know, the tap-tap and the hey-hey and the come on in here. Uh, and if he's successful, then he's going to reconsider his resignation. I love this country. I really do. With everything in me. All right. Um, so there's that. What else? Chris Sneven from OnTheVig.com, a Portland blog about all things fantastic, is going to be joining us later on. Uh, Mr. Skin will be talking to us as well. And guess what I got in the mail today? What? 
Can I just what say, is it? even in 2007, in the age of the Internet and viral video and MP3 and getting th- getting attachments in the mail, there's something cool about getting a big package or something in the mail. You know, even in radio where most of it's just crap, it's just stuff you didn't ask for and don't want. Is some The number of, I know this makes me a bad person, the number of books I throw away every month, I mean, I used to try to take them to Powell's and sell them. You should. I mean, you know, years ago, like, hey, I got a nub. Can I, can That's I go the American this? way of doing it. Yeah, but they don't, but I think they're wise to it now. I think Powell's is wise because a lot of the stuff that I get that I would try, uh, otherwise they'll unload somewhere, they just don't even want it. Take it in, the guy's like, I'll give you 10 cents for this. It's just like, a, it's a bunch of garbage. Like, it, it'll just be, I'll get these books that just don't make any sense. It, you know, it'll be like The Mennonite's Guide to Better Parenting. Well, what am I going to do with that? Who wants that? No one, not even Powell's. So, anyway, but I got this today. I got two copies. These are this is a big-ass book. Hear that? I got two what copies of Mr. Skin's Skintastic Video Guide. The greatest movies for sex and nudity on DVD. Right here. Oh, you've got to give me one of those. Okay. Right there. Big ass. Co- and then it's got and then it's got a handy guide. It's got, it comes with a one sheet, as they say. This is a really well done press kit. Hmm. I'm not just pimping for Mr. Skin here. This is really good. Uh, we got his video guide and then a, a one sheet here for his book. And then he does a brief overview. Um... Does it have a picture of him? I've always wondered what he looks like. No, I think it's just... Uh, I, think, I think he looks like this little animated, uh, you know, Bob Dobbs oh, kind of character. I, I, I think that's his... It's his persona. Um, it says, in this book you'll find... He's broken out scientifically here. The movie with the most butts. The movie with the most breasts, etc. Um... And if you're looking for nudity, the best comedies for nudity, sports movies for nudity, horror movies for nudity, PG movies for nudity, teen sex comedies, best lesbian films for nudity, his uh, favorite skin films of all time, the three movies Mr. Skin most once released on DVD, find out which, also in the book, Sarah, find out which 1985 movie starred a full frontal Kelly Preston. Find out what made-for-TV movie showed Meredith Baxter topless. Really? I didn't even pre-read this. Oh, yeah, those are on Lifetime. All the time. Meredith Baxter was topless? Mm-hmm. Well, she's played... Are you... When? When was it? When... You lie. When did this happen? There well, is not Mrs. Janik. Oh, no, they blur things out on well, that lifetime doesn't... television for women. All right. Find out in which 2005 movie Princess Diary star Anne Hathaway bared all. This is a really well-done media kit. I'm going to steal from this relentlessly the next time I need to... Can I see the one sheet? Yeah. Well, here you go. Do you want a copy of the book? <gasps> yes, all right, please. There you go. You just made me very popular. All right. There you go. That's fantastic. This is very well done. It's a really great book. So we'll talk to Mr. Skin later on today. I'm going to find out about the Meredith Baxter thing. She is hot as balls. Let me just say this. The night that I was getting ready uh, to go to uh, uh, Europe, I had... What's the, the, the all the presidents men the Robert Redford Justin Hoffman thing? I had all the presidents men circling. You know, sometimes they'll have a movie on in the background. I had all the presidents men playing in the background, and there is that sequence where they go to interview what's his guts, who worked for John Mitchell and Meredith Baxter, later known as Meredith Baxter Bernie from Bridget Loves Bernie. Wasn't that her? Bridget Loves Bernie. I don't remember that show. You don't remember Bridget Loves Bernie? I, I think remember it's a the title, but I don't remember when it was. I on. think it's a coincidence, but I think she was dating a guy named Bernie, B E R N I E, and then uh, later she yeah. married David Bernie, B I R N E Y. It doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah. so there's that scene where Woodward and Bernstein go to her house, and she answers the door, and she gives him that, she gives him that icy cold. This is an honest house speech, and she is so freaking hot. I mean, growing up in the '80s, you only knew Meredith Baxter Bernie as the mom on Family Ties. Mm-hmm. She was just, I mean, she's still very attractive, I would imagine, but boy. God damn, she was just so beautiful. I mean, unbelievably beautiful. If you have not seen All the President's Men, A, it's a great film, and B, you got to see it just because Meredith Baxter Bernie is just smoking hot in that. 
not, not a lot of sex in all the president's men, sadly, but um, it's all the president's women. Ha! This is hilarious. So it tells you exactly where they are. Yeah, how far and in the movie it is. And then it lists, like, like the Dukes of Hazard, for example, breasts, 18, butts, 6. Yeah. And Let's then there see. are other things listed as well that I probably can't say on there. How about this? Star 80. Direct- Star 80. Bob Fosse directed that. Breasts 4. Butts 1. Nude star? Mariel Hemingway. And then it shows in parentheses what she shows. Breasts. Oh, and there's Just one, one of... of the girls. Remember that? Breasts yeah. 8. Butts 3. Nude star Stacy Green. Full frontal and thong. This is the book. This is the best book ever. I'm taking this home. All right. Uh, so, Mr. Skin later on the day. Chris Sneed, then from OnTheVig.com. It is High Concept Wednesday. Uh, so, we'll do a little bit of that. Uh, what else is coming up? I, I meant to put together a top five. That's yet another thing that didn't happen today. So, uh, we'll we'll see how that sort of plays out as we as we go on. Um, and some other things that there's just no point in, in dwelling on at the moment. Uh, because Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. Michael Vick fails his drug test and is put under house arrest. In your face. A Vancouver woman is charged with selling puppies online that never existed. Ah, who would be so cruel? Mm-hmm. A Vancouver man, the owner of the Vancouver Cheering Academy, is charged with sexual misconduct. <laughs> On, oh, sorry. That's so funny now. No, no, I was going to say, i got to learn to wait to the end of your sentences before, before I start laughing. An Oregon man hikes 40 miles to get help for his wife. Keeper Sutherland was still on probation at the time of his latest arrest. Senator Larry Craig tried to clear his good name today. A human bomb is used to rob a Florida bank, and a man finds a human leg in a barbecue grill he bought at an auction. Ah, that's unfortunate. Florida. Of course. I, uh, let's see. I got this. Oh, speaking of, I got a cannibal watch that I'll get to later. I, I, that sounds good. Yeah, there's a whole pile of stuff here. I got a cannibal watch. Um, I got a big pile of news that I meant to get to, uh, before we, uh, before we went on vacation. That didn't really happen either. Rick, this email says, about you being behind, this wouldn't have anything to do with Halo 3, would it? No, I actually have not purchased Halo 3. I have not. Uh, Shame on you. I just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm not interested in it, but here's the thing. If it just involved going and buying the game and coming home, I would have already bought it. Who am I, who am I lying to? I mean, it, 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 you know, it, I'm not going to bear false witness. Um, it's, it involves buying a, an Xbox 360. It involves upgrading my machine. And I think coming off the heels of this London trip, which cost me like $109,000 a day, um, I think that having to choke down buying a brand new machine on top of it is just too much. I think maybe if you ask me in a couple of weeks, I'll be willing to do it. Um, but I just, how much is it? Did anybody know in this room? Of course not. How much an Xbox 360 is? Like, Because I'm going to have to buy a new one, obviously. Tim? No. Tim? <laughs> the last thing I bought was a Pong machine. <laughs> Excellent. Beep, There you go. That's it. That's right there. That's what started the entire the entire video game revolution. That sound. Um, I saw a Pong T-shirt for sale actually that came to market that street market that I went to in London. It was actually kind of cool. I almost bought it and then I didn't because that's because that's just being a mark is what that is. Uh, all right. So no, it has nothing to do with Halo Three. Observations about the Breakfast Club. I'm not going to rehash the whole business about Ali Sheedy being hotter before Molly Ringwald cleaned her up. It's been established, I think, as kind of geek canon at this point. I will ask this. Why is it called The Breakfast Club? Discuss. 
Because they meet super early in they, the morning. But, the, but the, is that really the reason, or are you just sort of bluffing? Is that a I guess? Believe, that's what I always I thought. That's it. Yes. I, really? I really think it's just that simple, Rick Emerson. Yes. Well, never mind. There's nothing more over. to it. <laughs> no, I thought it was. I thought there was going to be some deep intellectual cerebral discussion about the whole about thing. About the about the Breakfast Club. I'm just wondering about the title because it's just. It's, it's, Rick it's, Emerson, the title what are your thoughts on the nowhere. title of the Breakfast Club? I don't know. I have no thoughts. I thought that maybe it was like an allusion to some other movie or book or whatever, and that John Hughes was referencing something else with that. Well, like Reservoir Dogs. Why is Reservoir Dogs called Reservoir Dogs? There's neither a reservoir nor dogs. Yeah. That's what, yeah, see? I, these, this isn't the look of amazement at your brilliance. I'm just saying these are the things that I think about. The Breakfast Club. Also this. Wait, what was my other Breakfast Club thought? I had some other Breakfast Club thought. Something to do with blah, blah, blah. Well, whatever. I'm done. Uh, all right, so all of that is coming up. We'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum uh, at the bottom of the hour. Let me just briefly go through a couple of these things that are sitting here in the news pile, as they say, uh, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back and we will uh, we'll get underway uh, properly. Um, well, this this is something I really should have read a long time ago. Would you like advanced Van Halen tickets? You must let me know by the end of September September 12th. No, I guess the answer to that is no. No. No and no. I guess even if I wanted advance Van Halen tickets, which I did not, by the way, uh, I guess it's too late to be getting those. Uh, let's see. Um, Rick, have you heard about the new Bionic Woman show? Has that started? Has that aired? It's starting soon. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, who would, do we know who plays the Bionic Woman? Yeah, Michelle, what's her name? Michelle Ryan. <laughs> yeah, that chick with the thing. Um, Michelle Ryan. Who is Michelle Ryan? Do we even know who she is? Well, whatever. I'll I'm do not, some quick research. I'm not going to be watching it. All I know about the Bionic... We're just going to do a lot of uh, just a very quick bite overviews of things. All I know about the Bionic Woman, uh, this new version of it, is that everybody's name has changed. She no longer works for what's-his-name, Oscar. Wasn't that the guy she worked for, Oscar? Is uh, that weird... The guy with the weird craggy face that, that she worked for in the Bionic Woman? And they don't have the sound. And without that, there's no Bionic Woman, really, honestly. I mean, that would be like having... um. A Friday the 13th movie without that sound. If they're not, you know, if you don't have that weird slow motion spring sound effect, it's not the Bionic Woman. End of story. Oh, it begins tonight. Really? On NBC at 9 o'clock. Make sure to tune out now. And then Friday on the Sci-Fi Channel for some reason. Well, because I think it's some sort of, a, you know, it's a first run, second run uh, kind of thing. So, eh, it's going to be crap. Don't watch that. Starring Michelle Ryan. Hey, did you know that uh, what that Je- Jessica Biel is going to be Wonder Woman? Have you guys heard about that? Well, I've heard like numerous actresses are being rumored to be Wonder Woman. Apparently, Fat Boy says it's a lot that she's the, the Jessica Biel is going to be uh, oh, Wonder Woman. Oh, that Fat Boy! What does he know? Yeah, it's just a bad idea. She's a tiny thing, though, isn't she? Isn't Jessica Biel? And she just uh, you know, she like a stick, like they all are. Yeah. Oh, she's an actress in Hollywood. Yeah. No, but she's going to have it. The time has passed. We are now past the point. She's of... the one who's um, sleeping with Justin Timberlake. Really? Mm-hmm. Good for you, Justin Timberlake. It'll be out in 2009. Wonder Woman? Is Joss Whedon still attached to the writer? He has of that? exited this project. Oh, well, never mind. There's another reason why you don't need to watch it. A, Jessica Beale. B, not Jennifer Connelly as Wonder Woman, which, if you gave her a sandwich or two, would have been the ideal bit of casting there. And C, no Joss Whedon. Um, let's see. Creative and differences. Creative differences. We'd like you to make a movie that sucks. No, I, I don't want to do that. Well, you'll have to leave. And finally, this is the reason why I haven't bought Halo 3. This is another reason. Microsoft has been forced to offer replacement Halo 3 games within hours of launching the much-hyped Xbox 360 product. Not long after thousands of fans walked away from long queues, this must be British, with the software giant's most eagerly awaited computer game, reports of defective video game discs flooded the Internet. 
There's that, and then there's that whole red ring of death business that they talk about with the Xbox 360, where you plug it in and it just begins to smoke, and then it, I don't know, and then your house explodes or something. Uh, and finally, for those who asked me about it last night, I did go to the Amazon Music Store um, because I'm so eager to find some sort of alternative to iTunes. Not that iTunes isn't a wonderful service, not that iTunes isn't a great music outlet, which it is. It's fabulous. I, I, iTunes is fantastic. It is easy to use. One can find all manner of things on iTunes, any number of albums. Any number of long-rumored, much-discussed secret projects which can't have their details revealed anywhere on the air. One can find all kinds of things on iTunes. I'm struck with wonder about it. <laughs> Sorry? I don't something in my nose just there. Distracted by a thing. Oh, are they? <laughs> um, but I went to the Amazon Music Store yesterday because the thing about iTunes is, if you know, if you don't have an iPod, you can still you can buy stuff from the iTunes Store, but you got to download it and then you got to burn it and then you got to re-rip it to whatever your your MP3 player is. So I went to the Amazon Store and I got a big variety. It's easy to use. It's actually cheaper than iTunes, and there's no DRM. There's no digital right. You know, it's not copy restricted. So you can do you can put it wherever you want. You can burn it whatever you want. So it's cheaper. There's a huge variety. There's no restrictions on what players you can use it on. But you, this is where I really get the the fuzzy end of the lollipop. It, but you got to have a, like you got to be running at least Windows XP, and I'm still, I'm still it's now 2007, and I'm still running Windows uh, 2000. So my operating system is now coming up on a decade out of date, which means that I can't really use it as such. So on first glance, for the people who asked me about it, it did seem to be an interesting kind of service, but I haven't really uh, I haven't really been able to use it to its fullest capability yet because the I, frankly, if I can just speak openly here. Because although I am a I am a Microsoft guy, I am a, I am a Windows guy, I'm a PC computer guy. The idea of upgrading, Tim, let me ask you this question. Certainly, it's like for the sake of argument. Theoretically speaking, if you were an Apple user, Tim, do you? Okay, first of all, you have an so I. An, <laughs> you have an I something book Mac. What do you What do you have? An iMac. An iMac. So do you ever G4. have to do you have to upgrade the operating system? It does it by itself. Oh, so you're, you're lying. I'm not. It does it by itself. You're making that up, Tim Riley. Really? Yes. Once a week, it up, updates by itself. You you do nothing. <laughs> you just sit there. I've and been does told everything. that my whole life. It's the it's the world of the future. <laughs> the world of tomorrow today. Well, never mind. I just I'm filled with dread at having to upgrade the operating system on my home PC. Well, then get a Mac. You won't have to worry about it. it re can I just tell you honestly? And I know that this is strange to hear these words coming out of my mouth. It really is tempting sometimes because get one. Be, do it because to use like this Amazon store. Of course, it would make it obviate the whole thing, right? It would make the whole thing pointless to use the new Amazon Music Store, which I was all excited about. I gotta have Windows XP or Windows Vista. But as, as, as soon as I started looking into putting Windows XP on my machine, which is currently running Windows 2000, all I got was like a hundred different warning messages from Microsoft saying, you must back up every program you own. All will be destroyed. You know, Ev everything will be deleted. Rick Emerson, abandon they all programs. Oh, no, they're, they're not screwing around. They're, they're, Bill Gates thinks nothing of ruining your life. <laughs> <laughs> abandon all software. You your entire life here. will be eradicated without you doing anything. Reformatting life. You know, click here to escape, and then the escape button is you know, grayed out. So Steve Jobs would never do that. No, he wouldn't. Anyone. No, and if he did, and you know, and if Steve Jobs ever did kill you, you know, it'd be in a really stylish, efficient, really wonderful way. You'd kind of enjoy it, mm -hmm. and you'd have some sort of a snug black turtleneck on while it happened, and you know, there, you'd be. If Steve Jobs, you know what Steve Jobs is? 
Steve Jobs is sort of like... The entire Apple experience is like going to one of those upscale massage places. You know, it's like when you lay down and like everything is soft blonde wood and it's dim ambient recessed lighting that you can't even really see and there's like weird almost subliminal pan flute music playing in the background and the sound of cascading waterfalls. That's what it is to be an Apple user, I think. Whereas to be a Windows user, can I just tell you this? And look, I've been a Windows user my whole life. I mean, I'm not really ashamed of the fact, but I will say, every time I turn on my computer, and I think I speak for all Windows users here, I'm tempted to throw it through a window. Every, every time you boot up a Microsoft computer, there's a little bit of fear involved. There's a little bit of dread. Every time I well, okay, press here to turn it on. I don't know about this. All right. time, we'll take the dog for a walk, and it'll be ready by the time I get back. Maybe. <laughs> If it hasn't, if it hasn't decided to default to an illegal operation stroke J five nine dot 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 dot, you know, and then and then just set itself ablaze. God. Hey, it's so 11, have you guys? It's eleven thirty. Have yeah. you guys ever really felt somebody's baby moving in their stomach? I haven't personally. Well, my friend Lisa, you know, is like eight months pregnant. I'm sorry, that was just a neck-snappingly no, abrupt like, change of conversation. No, I just wanted to know if you guys had felt it, if you were no, freaked out by it as no, I was. No, 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 no. My sister tried to have me do that once. Uh, my sister's like, hey, do you want to feel the bed? I'm like, no, no, it I do not. It felt like a little alien moving under her skin. It all is. of a sudden, I put my hand there, and it just punched me in the hand. Substitute the word... It attacked me. Substitute the word parasite for alien, and I think you're you're really on to something there. No, I was just wondering if you had, because it was no. the most bizarre thing. No, and everyone's just, like, oh, the baby moved, and I... Fr- I Screamed and like ran across the room. <laughs> That's fine. Come and keep it away from your hands and mouth. Um, the uh, no, it's uh, it's a freaky thing. There's a little person in there. There's a being. There's an entity in your friend's stomach that stomach, wants to get out. It's like all lopsided. Distended. Like it's, just, it's resting on one side of her stomach. Does Lisa look like she ought to be covered in flies somewhere? I'll be honest. No, actually, she's she's really thin. Really? She has a really big stomach. That's what I, well, that's what I'm saying. Does she look like she ought to be outside a straw hut well, somewhere with next to Sally Struthers? With a, oh, but with huge hooters? Huge boobs. That is fantastic. I'm sorry, Lisa. No, she was a well-endowed the... girl to begin with. Yes? I don't know if I can say They're it. massive. Yeah. They're, uh, Let me just say that maybe the maternity store doesn't have her size of bra. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's a hot pregnant lady. Now, you know, sometimes that stays after long after the baby's gone. Usually it goes away. Sometimes those just stick around forever, though. I've heard of that happening. That's the only conceivably decent byproduct of, of breeding, really. I mean, is, that really is it. The enormous breast? That's it. I mean, what else? You know, I have a child around the house. Who cares? I mean, really, you... Doesn't, you know, that's who cares about that? The only conceivably good byproduct is the enhanced bust line. That's got to be it. That's really the only upside to that. No, there's a small parasite in your friend getting larger by the day that will burst it out of her eager style. It attacks because you know why? It's because it's evil and it knows you hate it. That's that's why. It, I, and Lisa keeps torturing me. She's like, it was just reaching out to say hello. No, no, and it, it moves and it just it completely. It's, I felt its little fingers. No. And it punched my hand. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid it's a child of blackness and doom, Sarah. There's just no no. My sister. I don't know why everything I say is so melodramatic today. I just feel like I'm in some sort of weird. You're very theatrical. Everything I'm saying today is like some weird. And we shall all be bathed in flame. Um, my sister. When my sister was pregnant, I'm actually putting my hands out now to show the pregnancy. But when my sister had the large stomach, she said she's like, hey, because you know we're we're pretty different in age. She's a decade older than I am, and so. When I think she started having, I was, you know, a teenager or whatever, and she's like, hey, do you, you know, do you want to feel the baby kick? And that's just weird on a lot of levels, because, like, your sister's, like, wanting you to put, it's not like a, an intimate area of her body, but your sister's like, hey, put your hand on this sort of 
personal area of her body, and that's kind of a weird, creepy, this is the bad touch kind of a thing. And and then it's what is wrong? No, it's weird. And then of course you just have to think, think about your sister having sex, and that's weird too. She's like, put your hand on my stomach, proof that I had sexual intercourse. You're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And you, I told you the horrible, horrible, horrible story about my sister, haven't I? No. All right, and then we got to break. We have to break after this because we're so behind. Okay, this is a totally true story, and I'm pretty sure I've said this on the air, but if not, I apologize for the horror that everybody is about to uh, experience. It is straight, straight out of, but before, I believe, the movie uh, Parenthood, straight out of that. I get into my sister's car. Uh, I'm maybe 17, 18, something like that. I think she's just had a kid. I get into my sister's car because we're going to the movies or whatever. Because, you know, we, we get along really well. And we were, I don't know, going to hang out somewhere. I get in her car, and she had gone on, I don't know, vacation, or she'd been camping or fishing or something. And she says, um, hey, do you want to see, uh, you know, the pictures of blah, 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 when we were off hiking in, in the woods on Mount Hood or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, sure. And she's like, well, look, in the glove box, there's some photos, you know, of our camping trip. You should check it out. We saw this, you know, we saw Mount Shasta or whatever the hell it was. It's like, look in the glove box, you'll see the camping photos. I open the glove box. There are not one, but two packets of photographs. I think, <laughs> I'll just take the one on top. I That's reach, hard. I grab the packet of photographs that is on top in her glove box. I pull it out. And it's not photos of my sister engaged in, in sex. Let's be very clear about that. They were photos of her having her child. <laughs> and I mean, I pull out the photographs and I'm like, what is, you know, and it's like it comes to you all at once and it's too late. So I inadvertently. Is it like a downstairs angle? Oh, yeah. No, it's a whole lot of, I can see the baby's head. It's that. It's that angle. You don't ever, you don't ever want to see what I have seen. I have seen what no man should see. You don't want to open a photograph. There's a picture of your sister pushing a baby out. touching her stomach was bad. That's what I'm saying. That's the worst thing. I mean, I can, to this day, I can see it. It's, you don't want to... <laughs> you need to unsee it. I, there's no way. There's no way to unsee inadvertently witnessed photographs of your sister pushing a child out of her body. It's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. You could come over here right now and cut off both my legs with a paring knife, and it wouldn't be as bad as that. It's the worst thing that's ever happened. There's no getting away from that. That's in your brain forever, like some sort of a deeply embedded tick. You know it's true. Is it 11.35? Yeah. Have we filmed 35 minutes with nonsense and gibberish, Tim? Yes. It's 11.35. What should we do, Sarah? I think it's time for a commercial break. Who do we have on hold? Oh, I think it's Steve Kastenbaum. Should we walk Steve Kastenbaum to this regrettable excuse for a radio program? All right, give me a second. I've got uh, I got to queue up this. Uh, gonna, well, we'll just do this. <laughs> Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. Steve, uh, CNN radio correspondent uh, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How you doing? I like that. It's uh, it's been a bit of a day today. I, for you know, I came in really late. Normally, I try to start. You know, I try to get in here about you know, half an hour before the program down here to the studio. Today, I came in about four minutes before the program, and I was saying I had nothing prepared. But apparently, it doesn't matter because I, I guess the empiric evidence of the last thirty-five minutes would indicate that I can fill hours of airtime with nothing, nothing, nothing. Just sort of a, you know what it is? A lot of times my natterings are sort of a conversational mousse that you spray into your hair. You know what I mean? Yeah. You spray it in, and did you ever notice this about mousse or, you know, whatever, like an aerosol hair product? You shake it, you spray it into your hand, 
And it looks like you've got a whole bunch of something, and then if you look back in 10 seconds, it's melted, and you realize there's really no substance there. <laughs> That's what this last 40 minutes was. It really filled up, and it, you know, it took up a lot of space on the air. Really no content there at all. How much more to go? Uh, three hours and 20 minutes. Going to need a lot of moose. That's okay. That's a phrase you don't hear too often. We're going to need a lot of moose. How's life, my friend? How are things? Doing good, doing good. We uh, um, we we've got a little uh, incident with uh, with Chelsea Clinton. Okay, uh, here. Uh, I don't understand this because uh, Scotty was the one who sort of booked all the CNN uh, folks today, and he was scratching things out and underlining things and circling things and adding his own little notes to things, and he has just scrawled here Chelsea Clinton picture, but I don't really know what that means. So please, so give me the the scoop, as they say. Well, you know, anywhere you go in New York City, you get these restaurants that have pictures of famous people in the window, folks who have eaten, you know, at the restaurant, and the restaurant owner says, can I take a picture with you? They take a picture, and you see them hanging in the vestibule sure. and all that sort of thing. So apparently Chelsea Clinton went into this restaurant, uh, Asobuco, uh, in the village near NYU, uh, like five years ago with a bunch of friends. The owner took a picture with her. It's been hanging on the wall for a long time, and then right. it's been placed in the window well, all of a sudden, a few days ago, he gets a letter from a lawyer at Bill Clinton's office uh, demanding that the picture be taken down, and if it's not taken down, if he doesn't comply with this request, they reserve the right to follow any and all pot, uh, avenues uh, in pursuing the matter. Well, I, so what is the, uh, Okay, so is this just Bill Clinton deciding he didn't want his daughter's uh, picture in a bar, or... I mean, what, from whence did this whole situation derive? It's really not clear because uh, I haven't gotten a call back from Clinton's office. Uh, she took this photo like five years ago. Uh, it's just a picture of her with the owner, you know, just a pretty innocent picture. And um, apparently it's been in the window, and I guess, you know, it was something that uh, caused him to get some more business. You know, people walk by, see this picture of Chelsea Clinton, and they're right. like, oh, this place must be good. And so I guess... She doesn't want her image being used in that manner. I'm not sure. We haven't heard back from the Clinton um, office. But the guy's all upset because he's telling us that uh, Bill Clinton is his favorite president of all time, especially because he's Albanian and President Clinton did so much to save Albanians in Kosovo. And he's really saddened by this. Let me. When was this photo taken? Literally five years ago. So it's been hanging in the restaurant for a long time. Hmm. So this is, let me ask you this, just as uh, speaking man to man here. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen Chelsea Clinton in person? Not in person, no. All right. Because I'm wondering, there's a lot of, uh, you know, sort of the conventional wisdom is that it, in her adolescence she was perhaps, uh, she looked a little unfortunate uh, maybe <laughs> as a teenager. I mean, I'm trying to be polite, but she had an awkward face right. as an adolescent, which is especially awkward, and I'm not trying to be flip about it. It's awkward, especially when you're growing up in the public eye. Nobody likes to, you know, I right. mean, I looked hideous in private. I can't even imagine looking hideous, you know, like that in public. Um but the conventional wisdom is that she has sort of blossomed and become sort of this beauty in later life. And I kind of wonder if that's, if that's just a big load. Um, but I don't really know because I, I don't know anybody who's ever seen her in person. Yeah, I haven't seen her uh, in person either years ago or now, so I don't know. Because I uh, just uh, this is uh, all by way of me. Sarah and I were having this discussion the other day that I believe we're in this weird era of American fashion where – I never really thought I would be having this discussion – but this era of American fashion where – there's a whole lot of people. Who was that pop star? Was it Rihanna? Who was it that pop star you were talking about that's weird looking? She looks Rihanna. like an alien. Yeah, she Rihanna. A, yeah, she's strange looking. She looks like an alien. She looks like uh, like she ought to be abducting a guy in a cornfield and then probing him somewhere. Um, and and I said, well, you know, the deal is here's why people think she's hot. Because any time now there's like a weird conglomeration of features, we no longer say those people are weird. We say that they are, quote, 
exotic looking. And now exotic apparently means hot to most people now. So weird equals exotic equals allegedly attractive. So that's the thing they say about Chelsea Clinton. Well, she's become a very exotic beauty. And I think exotic is just code for strange. I mean, you can, I don't know, if you ask her, you know, you just, I don't know, ask the women you may know that I think they might, they may agree with this. It's, uh, it's just a little, a little conclusion I've come to. Give her, uh, I don't know, I don't look at her and think exotic. Now, I don't know. It's, you know what Chelsea Clinton looks like? Chelsea Clinton, to me, looks like the drawing of Violet Beauregard in uh, Ruled Dolls Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Just yeah. weird, big, corkscrew hair and, like, kind of a blotchy face and just a whole lot. Like, she's got Bill Clinton's weird pug nose thing going on. It's all very strange. Um, hey, so uh, just so we can be done with this idiot once and for all. So uh, the Iranian guy, the Iranian president, Jad, spoke, uh, what, at the U.N.? Oh, Where did yes. he speak yeah. yesterday? Yeah, so he finished up and he... Said a bunch of nonsense, and everybody kind of went, well, all right. I mean, do they even give that guy courtesy applause there, or does he speak oh, yeah. and then there's just this silence, and then he leaves? Well, well, his message resonates with a lot of uh, folks in, in countries uh, outside of the, of the Western world. So he really got a lot of applause, especially from other countries who feel that they're sort of, you know, victimized by uh, the U.S. and its allies uh, and, its, and its foreign policy and our foreign policy. So, uh, yeah, believe it or not, the... The, the head of state of Indonesia was was up next, right after Ahmadinejad. Uh, I'm a I'm a There we go. I did it. You know, I got yeah. three days of it without having that problem. Ahmadinejad. Uh -huh. There we go. And uh, the, the poor guy, the poor head of state of Indonesia, was trying to give his speech, and and apparently everybody on the floor of the UN of the General Assembly were they were all talking about you know the Iranian president's speech. They weren't even paying any attention to this guy. And, and, and they were talking, they felt that he, you know, expressed their uh, views and opinions pretty well. You know, I think this should be a good litmus test. We should just go there the next time this guy gives a speech, and we just take a little pen and a pad, and anybody who applauds when this guy starts talking, we just put them on the to bomb someday list. <laughs> I mean, really, because if the guy from Iran is up there babbling about the, you know, the, the so-called myth of the Holocaust and how everything needs to, you know, his desire to wipe people off the planet and, you know, the beheading of homosexuals, I mean, really, if anybody's applauding that, they ought to just be gotten rid of. So, I mean, that's a, you can put them on the list of people we'll need to get rid of at some point in the future apparently according to him we are uh, be beholden to satan uh, as one of the things <laughs> see that's why i can't get too upset about his speech because i mean how can you really be angered by that because it's just ludicrous <laughs> i mean it really is sort of it's just so unbelievably over the top that you kind of almost have to go like well okay sure whatever you know it's one thing when anti-war demonstrators hold up signs you know with an image of President Bush, you know, making him look like the devil. But when the head of a foreign nation says we're beholden to Satan, <laughs> you I know? Mean, really, but I mean, I guess my question would be, and this is, I guess, a stylistic question, where does he go from there? Once you have said that the United States is beholden to Satan, what what insults, like, what could he possibly, what, is he going to give us a your mama joke after that? <laughs> and also, your mama's so fat, you know, it's, I mean, there's just nowhere to go from once you said that we are beholden to the dark lord. Yeah, and, and afterwards, he, he did, uh, he uh, took part in a press availability, and, and which was really interesting, because there was a, a female reporter from the Middle East, and she asked him, did he really believe, you know, there are no homosexuals in, in Iran? And she followed it up by saying, because I know some myself. And he said, uh, he started laughing it off, saying, uh, No, you don't. I don't know any myself. And then he came back to the question and said, Well, 
you know, maybe you should uh, tell us more, and I uh, should get the address from them from you. Yeah, yeah, I'll get right on that. So yeah. I, uh, so I know what's going on in Iran, uh-huh. and then he he completely ignored a question, a valid question from uh, an Israeli journalist who asked him, in light of the recent uh, Israeli Air Force uh, strike on a Syrian um, installation that reputedly has some sort of nuclear connection. Will you move forward with your nuclear program, or, or does it worry you? You know, how will you react if they do bomb any sort of nuclear facility in Iran? And his answer to this very legitimate question, and I think it was obviously because the guy was an Israeli, he just said, next question, is all he said. He just yeah, blew he, the guy off. Yeah, he really is just uh, he's just cut from his own brand of crazy cloth. All right. Uh, well, thank you, my friend. Uh, as always, a pleasure, even without observations about Chelsea Clinton. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, Steve Kastenbaum. We'll take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, around the corner, Kyle wants to talk about, quote, finding pictures you can never speak of. Well, that'll be interesting. Uh, Tim Riley coming up at noon later on. Jim, uh, I'm sorry, not Jim Rope. Uh, Lisa Goddard coming up later on. Chris Neathan, Mr. Skin, and more. You straight up to Rick Emerson Show. Oh, just a little side note, then we'll take this call, then we'll uh, begin the news hour a little early today. It's from uh, New York. I'm not much of a sports fan, but I do appreciate a good story now and again, especially if it involves uh, bad news for someone else. New York is the, uh, the, uh, the city of origin here. It's from the AP. The ball that Barry Bonds hit for his record-breaking 756th home run. I should have mentioned this to Castabon. So, that, so, you know, there's that guy who, who uh, caught the Barry Bonds 756th home run ball, the one that he did, well, allegedly, in the opinion of some, uh, on performance-enhancing steroids. So the guy uh, caught it, and then he sold it to somebody. Now it's going, it's going to the Baseball Hall of Fame, but the guy who bought it and is sending it to the Hall of Fame branded it with a huge asterisk. How great is that? She took the ball, but it burned a huge asterisk right into it. So if you ever, for the, for the end of time, you go to the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame and you see the balls, you can have a big-ass asterisk right in front of it, uh, Mantle and Maris style. Well done. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, Rick, it's Kyle. Kyle. How you doing? What's up, brother? Oh, I just had a, uh, a quick comment on uh, your discovering the pictures in the glove box. I had a similar situation at a wedding this uh-huh. summer. Uh-huh. And uh, I went to my cousin's wedding in Montana, and uh, when everybody got up to dance at the reception, I went over to where uh, my relatives were sitting to take a candid photo on a digital camera. Hold on, male or female cousin? Uh, female cousin got married. Okay, but it, okay, maybe does it matter for the story to know that? No, not at okay, all. Okay, no. all right. What, what matters is uh, my curiosity was piqued when I picked up the camera and oh, no. didn't know whose it was, so oh, no. I started going through the viewfinder <laughs> to see. Whose camera? You know, who? Rel- which relative of mine? I was, uh, yeah. I was pranking here, and uh, I got some pictures of the wedding, and then some pictures at the reception, and then, bam, a picture of my uncle sprawled out on a bed, and uh, his girlfriend was performing a sexual act oh, on him. Oh no! And the worst part about that was, uh, they, it was obviously they had set the timer on like the the dresser of the the hotel room, and she ran over there to to perform it, I guess, and. 
And so they were kind of rushed, and so you could see the intensity in their eyes. It was burned in my <laughs> oh, the, memory. Oh, that's the worst. That's the worst that phrase is the ever. worst thing I have ever heard. That phrase, <laughs> you could see the intensity in their eyes. I don't know how I made it through the rest of the story, but I, my body language here is just... It's like I'm a hermit crab trying to get back into my shell as far as I possibly can. That's the worst thing I have ever heard in my life. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty awful. I, I shared that with uh, my dad. He was a little upset about it. Too. Now when you now when you shared it with your dad, you mean just did you explain it or did you go up and hey look at this? Well, I was I was it was it was in the right uh, context. I was at a bachelor party and we were just talking about things not to do and definitely don't take pictures on your digital camera and oh. set them on the table. To oh. Be, uh, Oh, yeah. oh, that's so bad. The intensity in their eyes. That's so bad. <laughs> Thank you for living through that so you could share it with us and everyone else. Oh, there. my pleasure. Best show ever. Thank you. There you go. God damn, that's horrifying. All right. Who do I know? Who is it that told me this story? And I honestly don't remember. And how sad is it that it could be any number of people I know uh, that um, had... I think it's back in the days of VHS, it must have been, had lent a movie out from their library, and it was like, hey, here's my copy of whatever. Here's my copy of insert film, Goodfellas, whatever it is. Lent it out, but it's like they had recorded it over, like some home sex tape, and the people they lent it to, like, got to the end, and, well, that's uh, that's great. Ray Liotta ends up living in the suburbs. All right, oh, hello. What's it? Oh, God! You know, and then it's just, you know, them. I don't know who that was. Maybe I'm making that up in my head, but I don't think so. I think that happened to somebody I know. All right, I can see the wheels turning in your head, by the way. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's Sarah. It's not. It was not Sarah, incidentally. Uh, the Ministry of Truth. Here's Tim Riley. I didn't want that to be misconstrued. Emerson News News from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, I'm glad we were able to clear that up. Jesus, what a terrifying story that is. That's that's way worse than mine. I mean, that's worse than finding the pictures of my sister having her kid. Because at least, at least, look, that is. It wasn't for like sexual pleasure. Yeah, I mean, it's off-putting to see pictures of your sister having the kid. I mean, that's just. It's, I don't want to see that. But I mean, it's not. And I'm no prude. But I mean, I don't know. There's just something wrong about that. And all the little details. Sorry, to keep talking about this. But all the details, not just the intensity in their eyes. Because what does that mean? And then it could mean any number of things. All of them horrible. Um, it's also the that it was in a hotel room, you know, sitting on the dresser of the hotel room where they were, and then the, the girlfriend had set the timer. I mean, it's just, you know, and that they were stills probably, not video, so that's, I don't even know if that makes it worse. I. All right, here's Tim. Well, the owner of the Vancouver Chair Academy is being held on two counts of first-degree sexual misconduct with a minor. He's 28-year-old Neil Finger. Uh, police received a complaint from the parents of the teenage victim. She's 17 now. She was 16 at the time when the alleged sex crimes took place. The two met at cheerleading. She was a participant at Fingers Academy. <coughs> I'm sorry. I have a... Um, I was thinking of a body limerick that I heard earlier today. Well, police found Finger at his business last night at the Vancouver Cheer Academy. Took him downtown for an interview. Then he spent the night in jail. The mother of one of the students who takes part in Finger's program attended this morning's court hearing and defended Finger. In December, Finger was named dance and cheer team coordinator for the Vancouver Volcanoes. That's an international basketball league team. Volcanoes. Mm-hmm. So, <coughs> are you all right? No, I think I'm choking on a 
thing. What type of thing? Something that I did. <clears throat> I barely knew her. All right. I'm going to skip. There's. I'm not going to make a... It could be wrong of me to... Uh... Yes? Nothing. Give me a... No, I was going to like give me a J-A-I-L. You know, I've seen... J-A-I-L. Like a cheer, but for jail. Because he's... A chail? <laughs> a chail. <clears throat> well, let's talk about this man who hiked 40 miles... Thank you. ...to get help for his wife. Thanks for moving off of that other story. The West Lynn Cup living on a month-long hike along the rugged Pacific Crest Trail that began on September 1st. When their adventure took a slippery turn, the ground was wet, said Roxanne Teschner. When I landed, one of my legs, my foot slipped, and my knee buckled, and I pulled ligaments. So, uh, uh, using... <laughs> She's a Utah pull ligaments. She mm-hmm. <laughs> She managed to hike and hobble about a mile and a half hike to a small hobble. grassy patch. Welcome to the hike and hobble. Wouldst thou like, a, like an ale? They were about 80 miles from the final destination at Manning Park. They had a cell phone, but that didn't work, of course. Anytime you're in trouble and your life is on the line, your cell phone will never work. Oh, no, it's totally just like any time the guy and with the hockey mask... That's one of the reasons to have it. ...running after you with the, with the chainsaw, your car will not start. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows this to be true. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. This is Sadie. Hi, Rick. Hi. Hey, hey. Hello. I have a horrible story for you about Wonderful. something... Oh, let's yes, hear it no. right away. Excellent. I don't even care what it's about. That's the keyword. <laughs> That's all we need to hear is the uh, that phrase. What's up? So in the vein of finding things you don't want to see on uh-huh. film of some sort, I was in seventh grade. I used to babysit for my middle school teacher's kids who were adorable little youngins, three and four, now, you know. Now the teacher is male, female? The teacher is female. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and um, middle-aged, uh, I am from the Coob, so, uh, you know, assume what you will. Um, now... After I put the kids to bed one night and go to collect the Cinderella tape that we had been watching in the VCR, uh, I I discover something that looks somewhat homemade. Well, I'm a curious type person. Let's see I what's on it. this. What? Let's see what's on this. What could go wrong? Of course. What could it be? Anyway, you know, being 13 years old and, and what I saw was a very um, uh, intimate view of uh. a... Like it, was, like it was like it was a uh, was it a view as though it was her yearly? Um, yes. Sort of a yes. sort of a well, we're just going to get some photographs just to make sure everything's fine, you know? That's right. one of those. Yeah. That's... Fortunately, it was you couldn't identify anyone in said video and uh <laughs> I think it was just a a more mainstream type video due to the uh, um Production values the music unless they. Well, I never really checked in the master bedroom. So. What I mean? But, now, are you saying there was actual music on it? Was oh yeah. A, were they had, they made it. a whole. They made a whole production out of it. I didn't watch it that long. Oh, that's disturbing. <laughs> that's just unreal. That's just so. And then of course, now did you have to go back and be in her class after having seen this? Oh yeah. She said, "How were the kids on Friday night?" And I said, "Oh." Well, I got to see where they came from. <laughs> Uh, Literally. That's yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That's a wonderful story. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. That's so great. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. Meanwhile, a man who bought a smoker on Tuesday at an auction of abandoned items might have thought twice before he looked inside first. The man opened up the smoker and saw what he thought was a piece of driftwood wrapped in paper. When he unwrapped it, he found it was a human leg. <laughs> Cut off two to three inches above the knee. The smoker had been sold at an auction. This is from a left-behind storage facility. So investigators contacted the mother and said to rent the space where the smoker was found. The mother, known as Peg, explained 
explained her son had his leg amputated after a plane crash and kept the leg following surgery for religious reasons. Are, you, are they really talking to a woman named Peg about her son missing a leg? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Uh, so he kept the leg for religious reasons. The rest of the family was very much against it. Uh, Peg said her son, John Wood, <laughs> plans to drive about 35 miles to this town to reclaim his amputated leg as soon as possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't even really... Some of the news is just so rife with... With like I didn't even you know when you were talking about that guy earlier at Manning Park I didn't even do the you know the Manning I didn't it's just there's too much that this is a target rich environment today it is all right <clears throat> okay uh, stricter release conditions were imposed on Michael Vick today after he tested positive for marijuana use he's been restricted to his home every day from ten to six at the request of his probation officer and he must wear an electronic monitoring device to ensure compliance with that order he must continue to participate in substance abuse and mental health counseling like that'll help. Uh, Larry Craig is trying to clear his good name today. He says he wants a chance to prove he's innocent, despite his arrest in that sex chain, uh, sex sting, rather. Uh, that's why his uh, attorneys will be asking a judge to let him withdraw his guilty plea to misdemeanor orderly conduct. Does your average person have the right to do that? Uh, well, I don't know. I think once you... I mean, this was months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Didn't he plead guilty? It's not like an innocent mistake. No, I'm... After not consulting with anyone because he didn't know his rights. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's it's not like a thing where there's two boxes and one says guilty and one says not, and you have to squint to see which is which. I'm pretty sure the guy... You know, like, you stand in front of the guy says, how do you plead? And, you, 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 I mean, you can say, you know, get... Oh, wait, no, no, not. I mean, you do have the, uh, you know, you do have the moment to sort of think about it. So... And this was all, and then the guy says, okay, time served, $100, or whatever the hell it is. This is a, Wasn't he supposed to quit at the end of this month? No, well, because there's that voicemail. Well, it was, it's my intent to quit, and it's all hinging on this whole he's What supposed. does is-is mean? That's exactly what it is. It, that's it's exactly the nature of what we're talking about here. And, it, you know, and i got to tell you, know, you know who's pushing him to stay is the Democrats. There's somebody in some back channel. Uh, so to speak, uh, the method of communicating with him, trying to get him to stay, because they're just going to hang the Republicans. Stay, stay, stay. Totally. They're just, yeah, just going to hang You've this. You've done nothing right. Drown the Republican Party with this, you know, because this is like the fifth Republican, and like, not that these, not, you know, not that these crimes are isolated to the Republican Party, but I mean, really, honestly, this is like the fifth Republican in about three years to be caught in some weird sex sting somewhere. So, uh, well, they was, all do eventually. Well, I mean, because there was the whole Mark Foley thing. Yeah. Uh, with the, the, you know, the, 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 the pages or the, was it pages? Yeah, it was that, that page. Is that what they were called? Yeah, pages. Yeah, page. So there was, I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. So it's, uh, the Democrats are just going to push for this guy to stay so that they can just wrap it right around the Republicans to just drown him with it. Please stay. Uh, Katie Couric uh, spoke at the National Press Club last night. Apparently, she made it out of Iraq alive. Nobody even noticed when she was there. She pulled back the curtain on her personal views. She said, quote, everyone in this woman, uh, room would agree that people in this country were misled in terms of the rationale for this war and that it was pretty much accepted that the war in Iraq was a mistake. I never fully understood why invading Iraq was so high on the administration's agenda when terrorism was going on in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Good to know she was and Iraq asking... had no true connection to al-Qaeda. Good to know she was asking the hard questions years ago when the war started. Good to know the media really held the administration's feet to the fire in 2003 about this. I uh, should also wait in with the lawsuit with Dan Rather against CBS. Uh, let's see. Uh, she says he was unfairly squeezed out of CBS with network executives following a controversial 2004 story about uh, George W. Bush's Texas Air National Guard service record. So there. And the uh, work was sloppy work. They didn't dot their I's and cross their T's when it came to that story. Our job is to get it right, said Katie. That was at the National Press Club last night. But nobody cared. The National Press Club, I don't even know what that is. 
I mean, is it, it's not a place. It's like an organization or something. Yeah. Hey, have you know there's that? Have you seen that bar in Southeast? Well, of course you haven't. But there's a, there's a bar in Southeast called the Press Club. Have you seen that place? Yes. It looks kind of cool. Actually. Yeah, it has great food. Really? Oh, you've and been they, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of um, a lot of local artists show their work there. Looks sort of swanky. Posh, yeah, Pasha had a show there. A couple of my other friends. Yeah, there. it's uh, as dorky as it is. I'm tempted to go there because is it's it for the ladies and gentlemen of the press? I I'd see, but it's not. But it does remind me of that Press Club New York thing that they have. So I am sort of tempted to uh, tempted to go there just for that. We Get should, out your fedora. We should declare. You and I should take this opportunity. We should declare an official uh, an official Portland night spot as the uh, as the New York. Um, well, it wouldn't be a lane. Put yours. <laughs> yes, exactly. We had to find some place in uh, Portland and just christen it that and, and announce that from henceforth, all Portland uh, media uh, types must eat and drink at this establishment at night. But that uh, would only be like six people. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be enough to keep a place in business. Six, six people holding that profit automation machine in their laps. Yeah. All right. I got four hours this week. I make it five next week. <laughs> I already recorded next week's newscast and two months ahead of time. I'm the news director of all the clear channel stations. Oh, man. Oh, all right. Uh, Hillsborough officials will uh, take a fire hydrant painted as an American flag out of a dog park. The new park where dogs can work free of leashes was named for a hundo, a police dog killed some ten years ago. After a photo of the hydrant appeared in the Oregonian, email started arriving at the park's department. Apparently, they're worried that this fire hydrant is des- uh, desecrated every time a dog pees on it. So they wanted to Are we really worrying about this? Where is this? Uh, the Hillsborough Dog Park. Everybody's tax dollars are being used. Wildly. So it has been replaced by a hydrant painted with images of Scooby-Doo and Underdog. Nobody cares if anybody whizzes on Scooby-Doo. No. All right, and Underdog. Hey, didn't we hear they make? Was it Underdog that they're making into a movie? They already did. It's already come and gone. Nobody noticed it was a Disney thing. A live-action movie. You lie. That didn't happen. Yes, it did. Long time ago. Yeah, it's coming on. Okay. It made like $2. (laughs) Straight to video. Never mind. Uh, I always get Underdog and Mighty Mouse confused in my head. No, Mighty Mouse is a mouse. Underdog's a dog. I knew you were going to say that. I know that they're two different animals, two different species. Uh, A mouse isn't an animal. Girls don't get ulcers. (laughs) Pi equals three. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, speaking of movies... That uh, movie Sarah Dillon and I are in has been postponed again till the end of October. Of I was just wondering about October that. Well, they realized your scenes were still in it. They had to go back to be trimmed some more. Wait, hold on. Tim and, Tim and Sarah didn't end up on the cutting room floor yet. My elbow can be seen in one scene, so it has to go back to the cutting room. Excellent. Instead of... Oh, man. I kind of hope my scene is cut. I was a, um, a 70s protester. Really? With a really bad outfit and a big sign. It, yeah. With that hair? Oh, you were working was, coin, working though, coin, so your yeah. hair was boring and bland at that point and it's uninteresting true. in every way. So that's, okay, so that would work. So that's a, that's a, I can just see them in the screening room, too. No, it looks, it looks great, JT, it's your best work. Uh, no, but third man on the left has to go. He, he ruins the whole composition of this shot. Can you crop it in a little bit? You just get rid of him? Yeah, great. Now it's flawless. Wonderful. All right. And th- that's what I pay my SAG dues for, by the way. <laughs> um... Coming up again November 1st. <laughs> that, you ought to be, okay, here's a great money-making scheme. Because, you know, show business... Nothing I'm involved in makes any money. I'd like to hear about Oh, not this. for you. Oh, okay. No, no, this, okay. is, no, this isn't going to make you any money. Okay. Hi. That, no. that makes sense to me now. I, I definitely won't want to participate. At least I'm not being misled. I was going to say, you know that nothing, nothing that anybody in Portland does makes money anywhere else. 
There's, you know, those. Yes, it does. If you make it on the west side, it can make it on the east side. <laughs> I'm on CNW 14 all over the city. I, I, I was for a few weeks. Three too. different suburbs of Portland. Uh, I was on, on demand. <laughs> um, okay. Sandwich between Tim Savage and the woman who tries on hats. Uh, I've never seen the hat woman. Oh, no. She's the hat woman. She's called, it's called Hats Off with something, something. Um, it is getting better, though. They have fractured flickers and grow chill. Yeah, that's true. Um, just as a real, as a brief side note. Wait, have I even forgotten what my point was going to be? Oh, oh, how can I make money? Money. Well, how, how can I not make money? Money. Remember that. Remember that money. Money, um, money, money, money. So when uh, the Vanilla Ice thing happened and that group, the Buttery Lords, you know, were playing the night, and I was not like the biggest fan of those guys, but they did have this one great song. Uh, they this sort of. You know, like ninth generation Beastie Boys kind of a thing. Um, but they did have this one great song called um, "Famous in Portland," and I, I I can't remember the entire chorus. Uh huh. But the the end of the chorus was it was yeah we're famous but only in Portland. And I thought what a great song that was because how many things and people and bands and shows and movies do we all know? I mean, just in this room, do we all know? That are famous, but only, only in Portland. You go like one mile outside of Portland, nobody's ever heard of, you know, insert project here. No. In Portland, huge. Outside of Portland, unknown. Unknown. Um, okay, so, but you know, it's hard times for the movie industry, and we all feel bad for the movie industry these days. They are getting the Jennifer Aniston movie here, though. Which Jennifer Aniston movie? They're shooting a new Jennifer Aniston movie here. What? What is the? Do we know the name of this flick? I, I can look it up. The name you. of this project? Uh, I can look it up for you. Um, it isn't he's just not that into you, is it? No, no, no. It's okay. Are they making that into a, eventually everything? Gets I don't made understand into a movie, how they're going to make that into a movie. Just how they made Fast Food Nation. I was into a movie. just going to say they made Fast Food it's Nation into a film. I, like I almost want to see it just to see exactly what they did because he's just not that into you. It's just. A, a compilation of stories, and then what yeah. men think about those stories. It's an and advice book. It's yeah. a nonfiction advice book. Do you know that? And um, it's genius, by the way. Douglas Adams, who uh, who wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Do you know at one point Douglas Adams and Graham uh, Chapman from Monty Python had a development deal to make a movie out of wait for it, the Guinness Book of World Records, a fictional film out of the. They had optioned the rights to make a, fic, a fictional film out of the Guinness Book of World Records. I don't get it. The no. Jennifer Aniston movie filming here is called Management, and she has one, two, three, Trailers. four others in pre-production. Really? Well, she is America's sweetheart. Everybody loves her. Their movies are all boring. No, that's true, but they're boring, but not... They're, they're, they're girly movies. The thing about it is, she's the Jane Weinman over her. I, I Hold on. I, I, we're going to make sure. Let's see. We're getting ahead of ourselves, so I'm going to write this down. But have you noticed that... Um, I can't make it through an entire Jennifer Aniston movie. No, no one can. Well, I can't remember the last full Jennifer Aniston movie or movie with her that I... It had to have been Office Space, probably. That's probably the last movie of hers that I was able to sit all the way through. She I mean, the, she wasn't the star, though. No, but I mean, if you consider that a movie that she was, you know, had a large part, and I don't, I, you know... I, and I don't dislike her. I don't, I don't either. You know, I, th have you noticed this, that there are... She's a sitcom actress. There are certain celebrities... That like they make these movies and they fail or they bomb or they just don't. But you just kind of like their star quality and their star level remains undimmed by that. Have you noticed that there are certain people that is like we have just decided that they are stars and will be stars forever, and it doesn't matter how many forgettable films they do. Here's a you know the best example of this. The best there, example. There are exceptions like Tom Hanks, uh, who are really big. There are certain people though that when they make a movie that bombs, it's like their star level dips. But there are certain people that it's unchanged. Best example of this is Christopher Walken. He makes like a hundred movies a year. Most of them are crap, 
or at least forgettable. And you know what? Ever we, you know, but we've just decided in our heads like he is a star forever for life, and he's on that shelf. See also, here's another guy like that, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, yeah. Not a guy you think about all the time, but you know what? If you say Tommy Lee Jones, hey, is Tommy Lee Jones a big movie star? You go, yeah. What is the last hit Tommy Lee Jones movie you saw? I don't remember. No one remembers. He, Tommy Lee Jones, I'm not knocking him, hasn't had a, a hit movie in forever. Mm-hmm. But in your head, he's just on the shelf of guys who are movie stars. And he's, he, is unfa- he is Teflon. He is unfazed by a failure. Whereas, you know, you get Jim Carrey. Did you say that Jim Carrey can't even find an agent right now? There's a story that Jim Carrey couldn't even find an agent to represent him for about three months. Um, I mean, not like some no one offered, but he couldn't find an agent that he was happy with because all the because he had had a couple bombs in a row and he was just down and out in terms of Hollywood. It's weird how certain people are just immune to that. Jennifer Aniston, she is so beloved, it doesn't even matter if what she makes comes and goes without even being noticed. She's just a star and just will always be a star. She's just got that. She's got what Stan Freeberg would call the Gazinkas. Well, that's because she's a victim of a homewrecker. That well, that that helps, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's all she she didn't have to do anything for that. That helps. No, it helps. She's got the public sympathy mm-hmm. uh, because of uh, how could you do that to the beautiful girl next right, door? To, to America's sweetheart? He loved. You know what it is? You know what Jennifer Anderson is? She is a much better, more durable version of Sandra Bullock. All That's right. exactly what she is. I'll accept that. Because remember how Sandra Bullock? That was she's the girl next door. Jennifer Aniston is sort of like a revamped. She's like the um, Jennifer Aniston is sort of the Windows Vista to uh, to Sandra Bullock's Windows 3.1. I mean, she's sort of the she's just a much a much revamped version of that. But you know, the the movie industry, just like the record industry, it's hard times for those guys because of the stealing and the downloading and the torrenting and the whatnot. Here's a great plus mon- crappy scripts. Forget the story. Plus everything sucks. I, was gonna say. I mean, it has as much staying power in your brain as last week's sitcom. <laughs> it doesn't help that everything is crap. Um, here's a little money-making idea for them. Okay. Hollywood should start doing what I have joked about forever. If you are a person, we'll call him Zim Zyli, who has been in a lot of films but has been cut out of everything, yes. Hollywood should offer to sell you a compilation of all your cutout scenes. If you're, a mem- if you're a member of SAG, mm-hmm. Hollywood should say, look... We'll sell you a DVD, you know, pretty well produced, decent values to it. You know, it looks like a re- it looks professionally done. We will sell you uh, a professional-looking DVD that's like a clip reel of all of your cutout scenes. Even if it was on the floor, never made into the movie, we'll say they should start saving, tagging, cataloging cutout scenes from films, and then sort them by actor and offer to sell that to the actor. Because think about how many, and I'm not talking about you here, but think about how many actors are just so desperate to have like <laughs> anything that proves that they were ever in a movie. Like, I'll buy that because they can show it to girls at cocktail parties. Yeah. Hey, do you want to? Do you want to see a compilation? Hey, there's a little something I put together. Now, some of the movies I've been in, you know, with Tom and Tommy Lee, and you know, walking. There's some stuff we've done. Yeah, we'll go back to my room. I'll show you this DVD. You so projects have been very proud. Sag of. could totally sell that mm-hmm. if they cataloged and com- uh, compiled. Uh, an actor's scenes that were cut out and then sold it to them for like, you know, X dollars. They could and sell updated versions. And you know what? Every time you're in a movie and your scene gets cut out, if you're an actor and your scene gets cut out, you don't have any access to that. It's on a lab floor somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you have to buy an updated version of the DVD every year with all the new crap you've been cut out of. So they could, I'm serious. They I think could, that's a terrific They idea. could absolutely make that. money on that. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, that's a. Re- I'm amazed that they don't actually do that right now. That's I. They would absolutely make money on that. So there you I go. Would spend money on that. That's a little. See, there you go. So idea, one man focus group, mm-hmm. gold product. You can have that idea for free, Hollywood. That's how much Rick Emerson cares.
Hey. I, you do. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. A couple of things here. Yeah. I, I believe the Jennifer Aniston movie is called Management. Yes, we just yes. said that. Yes, it is. Oh, did, did you already say that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, and what you were saying about Jennifer Aniston could, you know, movies come and go? Yeah. Um, there was no reason for the movie The Good Girl. I don't even remember just, what that movie was. It was just a horrible, horrible, horrible movie. 19, uh, that, 2002, it says here. It, yeah. it was like something about, there was just a bunch of adultery and just really awful, awful situations. You know Five years ago, I don't even remember it. It I was have... just a terrible, terrible movie. But you know what? Um, it doesn't matter. But see, that's the thing. That's exactly the point. Yeah. Her star quality is undimmed by that I, film. I, I will always think of her saying, you know, I really don't like to talk about my flair. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, because all the guys like us, you know, just dorky guys will always love her right. for that. Totally. Yep, there you have it. Excellent. Um, Southeast Portland. Uh, Southeast 148, the division. Yeah. A selected Fred Meyer's has really? a pallet of Visa. Excellent. 148, the division, Fred Meyer, yeah. Visa variety pack, like 12 bucks. Yes, definitely. Excellent. And uh, one final, final thing, Sarah. See The Illusionist. The Illusionist? The Illusionist. Okay. See it. All right, thank you. So you were talking about the prestige yesterday. you got to see The Illusionist. It goes with it. The, that's right, the, that's the Ed Norton film, right? That is the Ed Norton All film, right. yeah. Cool. Well, Sarah, right, thank night. you, sir. Hey, by the way, you should know this, Sarah. Um, I have now in my possession a copy of The Prestige. Oh, good. Uh, someone, uh, well, Dave's in, came by my office and he's like, I heard you talking about The Prestige, and I thought you might like to have this spare copy that was just sitting at my desk for a year. Watch it in good health. And then he put it on my desk and sort of walked away. So I have The Prestige now. Okay, yeah, you must watch it. It's got is Chris- it really hot in here? It, it is. is. But you know what You know what the, therm- the, the thermostat says? It's 65 degrees. It's Are you lying. kidding? No, well, let me look right now. Hold on. Yeah, 68 degrees. Hold I on. heard that somebody turned it up to like 92 degrees yesterday in here. One of the board ops. Hold on. I'm not naming names. There aren't that many people at work here. Yeah, we can really, easily find out. I was going to say, the process of elimination, I mean, really, there's like two people that could be. And one of them works in the morning. So, process solved. Uh, okay, we'll get some breaking news here in a second. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hello, yeah. Sarah. What? Hello. Tim is here, too. No, yeah. hold on, Tim stop. Here. Tim is here too, sir. I'm sorry, Tim Riley, greatest newsman ever. Hello. Uh, a lot of work for no payoff. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of work for no payoff. Um, Rick, you told me to read Youth and Revolt. I did. I loved it. Excellent. You told me to read Survivor. I did. I loved it. You guys both told me to read Girlfriend in a Coma. I did. I loved it. Now what do I read? Uh, well, what are you in the mood for? What kind of uh, what kind of book are you in the mood for? Are we talking? Uh, are we talking fiction? Are we talking non? Are we talking happy, sad? i got to be honest with you. At this point, you guys are three for three. You have total credibility. Guide me. Well, I mean, I would say, and this is nonfiction. Sarah may have her own thoughts on this. Uh, this is nonfiction, but because the movie is going to be coming out soon, there's a lot of buzz about the movie. I'll say in advance, I will not be seeing the film because the book is so great. It's one of those things where you don't want to cloud it with somebody else's vision. Uh, I would strongly recommend Into the Wild by John Krakauer. Into the Wild? Into the Wild. Uh, it's a pretty short book. I'd say it's maybe 100 and 180 pages, something like that. Into the Wild by John Krakauer. That is K-R-A-K-A-U-E-R. Uh, and it is the story of a kid named Chris McCandless who um, – I kind of rehashed it a little bit yesterday, but he uh, uh, graduated from college, literally uh, burned all his possessions, all of his money um, – 
burned everything that identified him as a person or a citizen, and that about a year later was found dead in the middle of Alaska in an abandoned school bus. But between between A and Z, he kept these meticulous journals about everything that happened to him. And it's a really amazing story. Sean Penn directed and wrote the movie that is coming out, I think, in just like a month or so, something like that. So um, anyway, Into the Wild by John Krakauer. That would be my suggestion. I don't know if Sarah has one. Sarah? Well, it depends. What was the... What writing style did you like the best? I mean, what writing style? Because that's I'm with Rick too. Because it's kind of like what kind of book you're in the mood yeah, for. Yeah, I and mean, it's it's all relative. Okay, how about this? How about uh, if I read Survivor, what's the next Chuck Palahniuk book I should read? Which one do you think, Rick? You know, you're more of a. Is my microphone weird? Do I suddenly sound really muffled? No, I think your music's just really loud. Really? Um, right. I'd say go for Lullaby. Lullaby is a good book. Lullaby, uh, is, Lullaby a, is a fascinating book. And it, it reads a lot like Douglas Copeland to me. It's very Copeland. So it's kind of a mix between stuff. the two. Yeah. Okay, so Lullaby and Into the Wild. Yes, sir. Thank you for sculpting young minds. That's what we do. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, there you go. No, it's, it may, it's not just... Uh, there's something weird. My microphone... I don't, I hate to sound like air talent who's suddenly complaining of his mic. It's... You guys all still sound normal. Okay, your your volume. It happened. I had you cranked up, and that's what I'm saying. You're my, not registering very high. My uh, maybe this is short. My yeah, my mic suddenly sounds really low. Yeah, it is because it's all the way up. All right. Um, engineers, should we break? Because it's going to throw you off. Let's, let's take just... let's take a break here. It's about time for a break anyway. We'll get the engineer to come look at it. Yeah, it's uh, my amplitude is dipping here. So we'll uh, take a break. We'll back after this. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Hi there. You know, this all probably sounds perfectly normal on the air because it's processed all the health and back. Um, but uh, but here in the studio, my voice is going up and down like so many uh, oral yo-yos. Wow. All you should right. see the needle over here. Really? Is it it's freaking like, out? Oh. All right. Yeah. That sounds, it sounds like I'm back to life, though. You know, it sounds, you know what it is? It sounds like my voice is back in the game. All right. Excellent. Did we figure out the heat? I don't know. Like I turned the heat sweating. way down. Okay. I think that's menopause. No, because I would have menopause, too. <laughs> And newsmen do not have menopause. And women do not get ulcers. <laughs> newsmen do not get menopause. That'll be your biography. <laughs> That'll be the autobiography. My life in my life in the hard scrabble world of radio news. Real men don't get menopause. The Tim Riley story. That'll be the mission statement of our new press club. The, totally fantastic. I like that. It'll be a dress code as well. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we're I think we're back to normal. Excellent. Fantastic. Let's all give it up to the engineer. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Excellent. All right. There you go. Headphones and a screwdriver. That's all a real man needs to fix anything. All right. He didn't even need the machine that goes bing. All right. Toothpicks and duct tape. That's it. That's going to reinvent the world. <laughs> that was not a little crazy. That sounded like code for I'm going to blow an something he's up. A little kooky. Yeah. He's, well, all engineers are at home building a thermonuclear weapon, which uh, with which they will one day destroy whole sections of humanity. They don't like to talk about it. Here's the thing. Engineers don't really. They won't ever use the phrase, I'm building a doomsday machine out loud, but it's true for all of them. It really is. Um, I mean that as a compliment, by the way. Uh, Only the finest doomsday machines. <laughs> <laughs> totally. They're all like that guy from the, um, 
What is that? Is it the mad scientist in the in the um, in the Bugs Bunny commercial uh, where he was like the, the 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 short guy with the bald head and oh my weakness and it was like he was the Jekyll and Hyde stuff that Bugs drank and he turned into the huge green rabbit. I sound crazy right now. Here's <laughs> Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. That was fascinating. Yes. Iraq is not even close to ending its violence. That's a word from Prime Minister El Malaki. He was at the UN General Assembly. He says the times in Iraq, they are a change Iraq, which was for the past decades being a center of tension in the region, is today qualified and because of its material and human resources to become a platform for regional and international economic cooperation. For compression? Now, Iraq is becoming a center of compression. His name is El Malaki. Antonio Banderas is El Malaki. They still have much to do to make Iraq stable. We believe that a state of tension and instability will no doubt overshadow and affect the security conditions not only in Iraq but in the in the world general in the region in general and the world. You know the you enjoy your vacation. <laughs> You know, the, euphem the euphemisms continue to be the state of tension, which is called for people just being blown into little shards. All right. Well, there you go. Okay. Iraq. Plenty of legs of barbecue grills over there, let me tell you. <laughs> really? Hey, Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez rolled out the red carpet for Hollywood. Kevin Spacey is in Caracas for a three-hour chat in a tour of Venezuela. Uh, he is one of many actors who embraced Chavez and his socialist views. Congressman Connie Mack says it's unbelievable how Hollywood relates to a man who oppresses his people. It's astonishing to me that people in this country would stand arm in arm with someone like Hugo Chavez. Hugo Chavez wants to uh, see our country's way of life changed and not for the better. Yeah, I'll think his name is Connie. How can I take him serious? I'll th Do you know? Wouldn't you love to see somebody at the press conference? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Hi. Uh, uh, hi. Uh, yeah. Danny. Danny Whitmore. Uh, Dallas News. Uh, do you know you have a girl's name? And then just a lot of laughter. Yes, I'll think, yes, we don't want to make friends with her. I'll think of that the next time I see that photo of Donald Rumsfeld shaking hands with Saddam Hussein. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll think about all the things Kevin Spacey has done wrong. Whatever happened to Donald Rumsfeld? Whatever happened, oh, Saddam Hussein's dead. Uh, I honestly about said whatever happened to Saddam Hussein. Um, Donald Rumsfeld, I'm thinking a speaking tour somewhere awaits him. Maybe he wants oh, a weekend maybe. show on KLSX. Oh, that could be, too. Yeah. Uh, Connie says Chavez promotes Connie. everything ho uh, Hollywood doesn't want. He wants to intimidate people. He doesn't believe in hope and opportunity. And I don't. I have no idea why people in this country would stand arm in arm with Hugo Chavez. Uh, he's just talking about Harvey Weinstein now. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bolivian president, whose name is Evo Morales. Evo Morales. Evo. E V O. Oh, that's Evo. He, he should call himself Evo Knievel. He had a sit down with John Stewart. Uh, Morales, with the assistance of a Spanish interpreter, spoke about. What he believes may be the underlying cause of global warming. Perhaps from a Western culture. Perhaps excesses in relation to industry. Or perhaps because of excessive luxury. Why is it our fault? Like we're the only country with... Well, that just seems cheap, though. Like we're the only country with cars and smokestacks. No. I mean, really. What about the red Chinese? Have you ever looked? Well, I'm, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say, have you ever looked at Mexico? Have you ever taken a, a good, take a good long look at the air over Mexico? Well, the whole, the whole country smells like cow manure. I'm, and, you know, cow manure is a huge contributor to methane gases, and I'm not making that up. No, it's so terrible. Thing. We know. Now, it is a scientific fact, by the way, that cow flatulence is a huge contributor to greenhouse gases. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, 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 the, Mexico City just looks like somebody laid a huge brown blanket. That sounds uh, inappropriate. No, I mean, in the air, 
It's like flying into L.A. You fly through that huge brown blanket of smog. There's yeah. one of those. The entire horizon of Mexico City is just brown air. I mean, it's bad. So it seems like a little bit of a cheap shot to lay it all on us. And plus, I don't really care. Well, the Bolivian president talked about his plans for the future. We are going with, forward with the idea of a multicultural state, a multinational state, filled with cocaine, trying to live in unity at the same time respecting our diversity. He'll be assassinated by next week. You tell them I'll respect him when he tells us the whereabouts of Butch and Sundance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dolly Parton is making an appearance on Dancing with the Stars, but the singer says fans shouldn't expect to see her twirling on the floor. She knows she'll be in there to perform her new single, Better Get to Livin'. It'll mark Dolly's uh, TV debut with this song. I'm on Dancing with the Stars on the premiere, but I'm not dancing. Actually, I'm going to be singing Better Get to Livin', the new single that, that we were just talking about. And it's actually, we're going to kind of preview it on the show. And so we're excited about that. She's so great. I don't care what anybody says. Man, I, maybe it's become fashionable again to like Dolly Parton. Maybe it hasn't. I don't know. Mm. doesn't matter. For me, in my it, it, deep inside the Rick Emerson heart, uh, which uh, it, it's always been fashionable to love Dolly Parton. She's wonderful. She really is. Just, you know, she probably, I shouldn't say this because this sounds morbid, but usually this sort of thing has to happen after somebody like Dolly Parton dies. But she's one of those people that just doesn't really get the respect she deserves mm. in most quarters. Which I think she would be the first to admit is because part of her shtick is just that, that larger-than-life $2 whore uh, image that she's got, which is, is... Nothing wrong with that. No, no, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with the $2 whore, Tim Absolutely Riley. Absolutely not. Oh, if only I had that soundbite of you saying there's nothing wrong with a $2 whore. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a $2 whore. There you go. Listen when did to I that. say that? I don't know. There's nothing wrong with a $2 whore. That's you, though. Very clearly, I have it in here. I knew you said it, Tim underscore $2 whore. Um, no, she's always been very upfront about the fact that she got all of her style from the streetwalkers that she saw in the town where she grew up, blah, 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 which is a, you know, it's a great gimmick and a great shtick, and she's got the weirdly proportioned body to make it work and so forth. But it does kind of overshadow the fact that Dolly Parton's a great singer, an amazing songwriter, um, you know, a great player as well. She's one of those country people who just plays anything with strings. So good for her. Excellent. So much for her. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with a $2 whore. We're going to have uh, some construction downtown that's going to cause interruptions on the Max at Southwest 6 in Yamhill and Morrison. Five Max stations in downtown Portland will close at 6.45 p.m. on Friday and will not reopen till the end of service on Sunday. They'll provide a bus service, which sounds pretty miserable anyway. Uh, those traveling to the airport shall allow 30 extra minutes to get there. Oh, that just sucks. I mean, not for me, but uh, for anybody who's thinking about going there or to the IKEA, uh, that uh, mm -hmm. that's going to make that journey even more excruciatingly interminable than it already was. And those on the east side usually buy their drugs at those stops. They'll be waiting at the bus stops. You'll have to walk. I'm sorry, you'll have to take more. You'll have to take different public transit to buy your nickel bag. Mm -hmm. uh, Keeper Sutherland has had a bad 24 hours. <laughs> First, he fails a field sobriety test when he was stopped for making illegal UE in West L.A. at 1 o'clock in the morning. He tested over the state's legal blood alcohol limit of 0.08%. He was booked for investigation and traveling under the influence. He was scheduled to appear in court October 16th. It'll still happen. His publicist says it would be premature to comment at this time. He was seen before at a party at a trendy area nightclub. The event in the same area where the actor was pulled over was a celebration of new fall shows on Fox, the network that broadcast 24. A misdemeanor DUI count 
would carry a maximum sentence of a year in jail. However, he could also face a charge of violating probation, the same charge that landed socialite Paris Hilton in jail for 23 days. So, it's up for discussion whether or not this is violation number two or number four. No one really seems to know. I was talking to Rupi after Rupi said, this is violation number two. And then you had that story, though, which I guess number was maybe TMZ, where it was the fourth time. It doesn't really speak volumes about the the quality of their record keeping in Los Angeles, though. They're not really sure whether it's two or maybe four times that you've been arrested. Who really knows? So they're sort of sort of rolling a magic die every time they determine how many previous offenses you might have. Well, if you have a lot of kids, look for a Barry White instead of a Justin Timberlake. Men with deep voices yes. have more offspring. Um, so previous studies conducted in Canada have shown that women are more attracted to men with deep voices, See, judging them to be older, healthier, more masculine than their high-pitched rivals. This this is when I should have done it. This moment here. I tried my punchline of the, yes, is that really true, Tim? That would have been funnier if I would waited about funny. five seconds. We'll give you more chances. I did it way too early. Huh? <laughs> Nothing. Go on. Sorry. Yes? Go ahead. Nothing. I'll stop. So no, my comedy was just totally off on that line. Okay. That was my timing just deserted me there. Go ahead. Men, on the other hand, go for women with higher-pitched voices because they find them more attractive, subordinate, feminine, healthier, and younger-sounding. That is a total, well, I'm not going to say it's a total lie. That is largely a lie. And here's how you know it's largely a lie, because whenever, uh, uh, you know, you come across a woman that's got the, the you sort of the, uh, one might say, husky uh, voice, like Lauren Bacall, guys just keep going on about how hot it is. I mean, that's, I don't know that that's true. I think the higher, I don't know, this kind of gets into a whole, this is like a Tom Likas discussion. He'd be better equipped to talk about this than me because he gets the, you know, he has a caller base that really has lots of thoughts and stuff like this. So I don't know, but I, yeah, it seems like when guys have the, you know, the, like a high-pitched, the higher a woman's voice is, at a certain point, it just becomes like impossible to take them seriously. Brian Drescher? I mean, well, see, that's different. That's not even, that's even a high voice. That voice is just sideways. I mean, that voice just doesn't make any sense. It's just... It's, you find her alluring? No, well, I find her alluring. I mean, look, I know the spacer sounds like a pig. I find her alluring when she shuts up. I find Fran Drescher alluring when she is not speaking, when she's just standing there in something low-cut and being silent. Um, that's really just because of that foghorn of a voice that she's got. See also, um, you know who's uh, who I find kind of strangely attractive, but only when her mouth is shut? That could be an interesting high. <laughs> That's today's high concept topic. Chicks that are hot when they keep their trap closed. Um, I like this topic. Joy Bahar. I find Joy Bahar oh, yeah. kind of strangely are you attractive. Me? No, I find her strangely attractive and if she's not speaking. If she just shuts up. She, she kind of looks she, like Barbara Streisand. Well, you know, and Bette Midler a little bit. You know, I do. I got you know. I got the whole thing for Jewish chicks. I got the. I have a whole. You know, it's just. A, what are you gonna do? Um... But I got a thing for I got a thing uh, for hot uh, kind of uh, I don't know I don't want to say abrasive, but the thing for kind of kind of hot kind of uh, I don't know kind of sort of aggressive uh, Jewish chicks. Just, just, the thing I just find uh, really sexy for some reason. But Joy Behar though, it's just the the tone of her voice, her specifically. She's just got some weird. I don't know what it's like. It's like they didn't let her cook quite long enough, and that voice didn't really solidify the way it needs to. And she opens her mouth, and it's like hearing some weird off-pitch elephant scream at you. Um, I do find her kind of strangely alluring when she's not speaking. But, the, but you get a woman's as famously illustrated in the Steve Martin movie, Man with Two Brains. A woman's voice gets high enough, though, and it just becomes impossible to listen to them talk without giggling to yourself. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, whatever. Are you, do you got a thing for guys with deep voices? 
Mm. Does he, do you even does he even matter? I don't, I don't have a thing for guys with high pitched voices. I mean, you could walk well, because Alex. Oh, I find you really attractive. I mean, how could you? How could you be? How could you be in bed with a guy? So anyway, I mean, there's just no there's no way that you could uh, that you could do that's that. right, booby doctor. <laughs> Talk sexy to me. <laughs> I feel so dirty. Wait. Hold on. I gotta keep that booby doctor sounder hander handy all this week because of um because it's uh you know what's it it's it's the, the halo, halo stuff. the halo week. Hold on. Where is my booby doctor sounder? Sounder. Uh, oh here we go, the booby doctor. It's really low. Let me I'll have to pit, I'll have to turn this up a little bit. Where, where's my sounder for the booby doctor? Booby doctor is in. <laughs> yes, make sweet love to me, booby doctor. Booby Doctor is in. Did I tell you that the time I went to the Baghdad Theater and there was a girl working the popcorn counter who was wearing a The Booby Doctor is in shirt? Do you sell those? I, um, well, there was a, yeah, we, Joni and I had made them for the, for the Rick Emerson, you know, this is, I'm not plugging this, but we had, you know, we, yeah, they were at rickemerson.com. I think they still are, actually. And I'm not, this is, I'm not saying this to pitch it, but I'm saying they were there. But it's like, we just, but we just did it as a joke. Like, at no point did I, like, who ever thought that somebody would buy one? Like, we just made it because it, because it made us laugh. We're like, also, when I see people wearing, like, an AM970 shirt, which doesn't happen very often. Right. But, but they have no clue, no clue who you are. Yeah. Does the, does the popcorn girl know who you are? Um, yeah, because, well, because I said, because, so to backtrack, so Joni and I had made this shirt that said, Booby Doctor is in. Just because it was retarded, and we never seriously thought that anybody would buy it. And I think, by the way, she's the only person who's ever bought it. So there I am in line. It was one of Court and Fat Boy's Midnight Movies, um, and so, which makes it doubly weird. So I'm there, and I'm in line, and I see the girl behind the counter, and she's like, and she was totally normal. She's very attractive, very, you know, she wasn't missing any limbs, no visible scars, had all her teeth. Um, and I said, uh, what's what's up with that shirt? She goes, oh, it's the Rick Emerson show. And I said, well, yeah, I said, you know, not to, you know, I, I am he. And I said, what not is... Not to, even though I'm bringing it up and telling you my name. Well, because how can you... Because otherwise, how can I start talking about a shirt that says the booby doctor is in? Otherwise, it sounds like I've seen a shirt, a girl wearing a shirt that says booby. And then I'm trying to solicit a conversation about that. So I'll choose the, the road of least awkwardness there. And I said, I said, yeah, I'm actually that guy. Why why did you buy that shirt? I mean, it's sort of questioning why. Like, why would you possibly have purchased that product for me? And she goes, oh, I just think it's hilarious. You know, my, my, my boyfriend, she has a boyfriend, of course. My boyfriend and I love the booby doctor, which is another phrase no one ever hears. Booby doctor is in. Here's Tim Riley. Well, uh, Elton John is defending a photograph he owns after the police seized it from an exhibition to investigate possible breach of child pornography laws. The picture is entitled Clara and Ida Belly Dancing. It was seized on the eve of an exhibition of works from John's private collection at the Baltic Center for Contemporary Art in Northeast England. Uh, John said the picture by U.S. photographer Nan Golden depicts two naked girls that had been shown widely in other countries. It was one of 149 pictures he owns on display at the Thanksgiving exhibition. The photo exists as part of an installation as a whole and has been widely published and exhibited throughout the world, said a statement. Is this, is this in London or in England? Mm -hmm. this yeah, see, yeah, in England, they freak out about this stuff all the time in England. Some clearly artistic photograph of, like, you know, whatever, like a toddler in a bathtub or something. Just like the same thing that every parent has. And the, the British will get all freaked out about it. And they'll decide to, like, shake somebody down because they got a picture of a, of a, of a bare-bottomed child somewhere. So... I mean, there's enough real problems in the world for them to be bothering Elton John about that. A man at the center of a bizarre bank robbery in Broward County has been released after being questioned. 
The unidentified bank employee says he was kidnapped from his home and brought to the Wachovia Bank where he works with the bomb strapped to him. Well, there was something like this a couple of years ago, and the bomb went off. the Remember? pizza guy with yeah, the, the, pizza the bomb guy. collar, yeah. They were able to remove the device this time, though, which was detonated as standard procedure, but they haven't confirmed whether or not it was a bomb for real. Uh, so the man uh, can be seen tensely sitting against the wall of the building that houses the drive-in teller attendants for more than an hour with his shirt open and a wraparound device strapped to his chest. A bomb squad and officers inspected their device, and the preliminary report is that the device looked real. <laughs> you have to note that he, that he looked tense. The suspects uh, took about uh, $10,000 in the bank. The bank employee was not injured. Uh, Superman return star Brandon Roth is finalizing his wedding plans. According to In Touch Weekly, the 27-year-old actor is set to wed 29-year-old fiancé Courtney Ford November 24th at the Bacara Resort and Spa in Santa Barbara. Courtney Ford. You just know she's blonde. You you don't even have to see a picture. I don't even know who she is. You You know exactly what she looks like. Uh, Rose television credits include Gilmore Girls, Odd Man Out, and Undressed. Hmm. The Bon Jovi rocker Richie Zambora is rumored to have checked himself into rehab for a second time this year. Star Magazine says the guitarist entered a four-week treatment program at Cirque Lodge in Sundance, Utah, where actress Lindsay Lohan had been staying in recent weeks. According to the Daily News, at last week's Save the Music Benefit in New York City, Bon Jovi frontman John Bon Jovi reportedly called from the stage... Richie, Richie Zambora. Has anyone seen Richie Zambora? <laughs> That's sad. That's just sad. When you're actually on stage having to solicit people to find... That's like this one time years ago, and I'm sure every DJ has this story. One time years ago, this is not when I was working with the... Uh, I'm not put this. This is not when I was working uh, with... Uh, uh, at one point, I had a co-worker who I've talked extensively about who had uh, a coke habit... And who would just vanish for days on end. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was not that. This was actually something altogether different where, like, the, the person who was supposed to relieve me at midnight just hadn't showed up. And that was sort of unlike them. And so it was like, you know, 11.30, 11.45, midnight, midnight 15, midnight 30, almost 1 a.m., 1.15. And so finally, and I couldn't, you know, call in the home. This is before cell phones. Call in the home. No answer at the home. There was no email, obviously. Couldn't. And so finally I just started going in there like, I forget what the guy's name even was, you know, but it, uh, I'm on the air, like, between records going, hey, so here I am playing the hits. And if, you've, if you've seen John St. John, is, hello, if he's out there, John, are you listening? You are scheduled to work tonight. Please come in now. So, which I think everybody had that experience at least once. And I've done that once myself. I forget to turn my clock ahead. Uh-huh. So here I am out shopping, no cell phone or anything. Yeah. I turn on the station where I'm working at, and people <laughs> are on the air looking for me. <laughs> Go, well, you're supposed to be here any minute now. I uh, I just don't know. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is too. Because it's because in radio it's always implied that like insert offense here. Well, that's a firing, I'm afraid. You know, that's mm-hmm. totally what that is. Every every infraction, you know, like you've taken one too many piles of post-it notes, and you're afraid that's going to be it. Well, I'm afraid that's a firing. So it's good they don't have live DJs anymore because there's nobody to be late for. No, there's. I mean, really, what is it? There's just nothing. I mean, how would you even know? How would you know if anybody just flat out didn't show up to work at one of those stations? There'd be no way to detect it. Uh, Family Ties alumnus Tina Yothers is growing her family. The actress who sat in the stool right here on the beloved sitcom gave birth to a son, Jake Kaiser. Uh, People Magazine reports the addition is the second for Yothers and her husband, Robert Kaiser. The couple also have an nearly two-year-old daughter named Lily. That child was in here, and Scotty J was babysitting that kid. Is that true? I didn't realize yeah. that, Scotty. Were you watching Teeny Gother's Child? Mm-hmm. All right. 
this while, uh, Kaiser has two sons from a previous marriage. Yonders won the fourth season of the VH1 reality competition Celebrity Fit Club, using 42 pounds while there and dropping five dress sizes. She also said that her tip for weight loss is success and finding the cookie you don't like. Her tip for... Find the cookie you don't like. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I can't even remember what her husband looked like. I don't. I can't remember anything at all. I just remember being so knocked out that she was beautiful uh, in person because, you know, you kind of figure that she's on Celebrity Fit Club and she's, you know, it's family ties like 20 years ago. I can't even remember what that guy looked like. Well, doesn't matter. All right. So there you go. Teeny others. Who could be so cruel? A Southwest Washington woman is being arraigned on charges selling puppies that never existed. 55-year-old Vicki Lynn Huff was taking money from people trying to buy dogs after seeing an ad on the Internet. Investigators say they found money orders, fake checks, stolen electronics in her house. Huff was charged last week in Cowlitz County with forgery, theft, and possession of stolen property. They believe they've seen the scam before. People are asked to send in money, but are told the puppies died. Oh, are you kidding Oh, that's terrible. I See, I wasn't even going to be that upset about it because it's sort of an imaginary puppy mill, mm-hmm. which is just sort of equally harmless and stupid. But that's just the saddest thing. I'm sorry. Well, from Longview. Uh, well, what do you expect? Savages. The uh, that's. I'm sorry. The puppy's dead. That's that's. See, that's the that's what makes the story unacceptable to me. At the end, it's not just that you don't get the dog that you paid the dollars for. That they tell you the dog was hit by the milk truck or something. Well, that's just wrong. All right. Yeah. F her. Roseburg is considering a new law to make it illegal to give money to beggars on the side of the street from a vehicle. The new rule will require you to legally park first before giving the beggars money. Oh, yeah, I'll make sure to go out of my way to do that. You know, if you're begging in Roseburg, you might as well stand right in traffic, (laughs) basically. If your life has come to that, that you're begging in Roseburg for money, things just can't get better. That's only, that's one of like when I was doing the syndicated show. That's like one of one of like two markets where I had decent ratings is Roseburg because there's really only you know there's only like two two people living there. You know, if you get one of them to listen, that's a fifty share. What can you do? Nothing, nothing. I dropped the uh, cap to my chapstick, so we're just going to continue to freestyle while I look for it. Should we wait? No, no, don't worry about it. I can keep up. The attorney for Idaho Senator Larry Craig says he'll try to plead not guilty for soliciting sex in the airport bathroom. In a prepared statement after a hearing, Billy Martin says he hopes the judge in the case will allow Craig to address his plea and show that he didn't do anything wrong. To plead guilty, he should have to tap out an elaborate code on the courtroom floor while wearing only like a towel. Or oh, that could be. He it. should have to do the whole thing with his feet on Morse code in the bathroom of the courthouse. Or maybe he should do a tap dance on Dancing with the Stars. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I just came up with that. Uh, Martin said that even though the officer who arrested Craig said uh, what he did was consistent with his idea about gay behavior, Craig only went to the bathroom at the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport to use the facilities. It is expected the judge will make a decision later next week. So later next week, we'll be past the end of the month when he said he was going to quit. Yeah, it's all very well. It was just probably He's probably hoping that everybody will sort of forget. That everybody's just kind of go, oh, wasn't there a guy who was going to resign? Because look how quickly we moved on. Remember how it's white hot the Mark Foley scandal was? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's just going to, where, I don't even know where he is now. Did he go to jail? No, no, no. He's living in disgrace. Is <laughs> any gay Republican would? I was going to say population him. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but, but didn't he commit a crime? I guess not. I guess he was no, just not really. playing uh, internet footsie with some underage boys. But I guess maybe he did something happened. Um, 
It doesn't really matter. I'm just, it's just, I, I, it's funny how these people just, they just come and go and fall right out of the, the, the public, uh, the public consciousness. So that's, so Larry uh, Craig is just trying to run out of the clock, obviously, and hope, you know what he's hoping for? Here's what he's hoping. He's hoping he can delay his resignation long enough that some other Republican uh, will get caught, like, sticking it to somebody behind the shrubs at a rest stop somewhere, and that it'll knock him off the front page, and so he can just keep his office and his perks. So there you go. Uh, let's do a couple more, and then we'll break, and we got Lisa Goddard at 110. All right, let's do that. Well, that photo of Chelsea Clinton posing with the owner of a New York City Italian restaurant is giving her father, former President Bill Clinton, a case of agita. But that, that is a big word that doesn't mean much to anyone. The owner of the Asobuco restaurant, Nino Samangaj, said he received a stern letter from Bill Clinton's lawyer demanding the photo be taken down. The restauranter said the photo has been displayed alongside some others for a long time since Chelsea came to eat there many, many years ago. Love the food, and uh, all of a sudden, after four and a half years now, five years, whatever it is, she demand, they demand to remove the picture. I don't know why. He makes a plea to Bill Clinton. I really am humble and asking forgiveness if uh, we can keep the picture. You know, sometimes you ever hear somebody with a, with a legitimately real accent that for all the world sounds fake. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes you will hear people with an accent that is obviously genuine, and it just absolutely sounds like the guy is doing a bad, like, my brother Luigi and I, we built this restaurant from the ground up. You know, it sounds like he's like in a bad Mario Brothers film. Oh, that's wonderful. This Back passerby to... says the restaurant should be able to keep that photo up. Hundreds of New York, that's part of New York, to go in and see celebrities' photographs like all the cool steakhouses have. How about if we take a new picture of Chelsea? Maybe, uh, she doesn't like the picture. I would love her to come here and I will have my photographer take a new picture and put a new picture on the window, I guess. We will make sexy time. Please do not tip delivery boy. Hmm. Okay. That was a little Borat meets Futurama there. Uh, let's do uh, one more here. We'll call it an hour. All right. An elementary school has banned tag on its playground after some children complained they were being harassed or chased against their will. <laughs> chased against? I don't know why that's funny. I now, running games are still allowed as long as the students don't chase each other. Where would they be running to? <laughs> Two parents complained about the ban. <laughs> let's stop. Stop. This is too ridiculous. We have to take this one sentence at a time. Where is this? Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, well, I imagine in Colorado they're a little sketchy about behavior in schools uh, to this day, regardless. Yeah. Um, but, um, the, uh, all right, so, I mean, I wonder if you're allowed to wear anything black at all, anywhere, to school in Colorado these days. Like, what have you done? I'm not trying to be morbid, but really, what have you just decided you're just going to wear black pants, black shirt every single day and just stare at people for a while? I wonder if that gets you all to the principal's office and the, the head shrinker, you know what I mean? Um, all right, so you, they can't play tag because why? Children are being what against their what? Okay. Some children complain they're being harassed or chased against their will. Running games are still allowed as long as students don't chase each other. I don't think that's a... How is that possible? That sounds like the game consists of you just running off in some direction randomly by yourself. What a sad, unenjoyable game that would be. That's not a sport. Running, running by yourself in a straight line toward nothing is not a sport. And I have a whole generation of warped-ass children. This, Scotty, this is... I wonder like what Scotty thinks about this. I was... Uh, you know what? I was just going to say... Uh, let me just... Uh, without Scotty J, please, if you could uh, to the... No, damn it. Ah, there we go. Scotty J. I wish I knew how to quit you. I do. Please, I kiss you on the mouth. Please let me... Good morning, Metolia. You believe his ice, ladies and gentlemen. He's our intrepid PA, Scotty J. Why, hello. Well, good afternoon, Greenhorn. 
Isn't I don't know a, if I've actually said that. I before. thought that was a Western term, or is that Tin Horn? <laughs> I don't know, but it's a city. All right, excellent. Uh, is it? Didn't you say that it was at your kids' goddamn school that they won't let them run anywhere? Well, it was the previous school that they were at. They just moved schools, but but yes. But they're they, still they, in the same. Can't... Are you still in the same school district? Yeah, I just haven't checked into what the rules are on the, the playground. Running the running The running. What's with the running at this? They school? literally the cannot run on the playground. What happens at if recess? there's a fire? Walk orderly to the door. You know, they always tell you to do that. You know, walk orderly through the bus as it's, you know, Even adults don't rolled over. No, you know, can I just tell you there's this creepy sign posted all throughout Britain that we saw everywhere. I thought it was just a thing on the train. Because first of all, and we'll get, we'll get Lisa Goddard here in a couple minutes, but I, um, uh, first of all, they must have a real problem. We'll get back to the running on the playground thing. They must have a real problem with fake taxi cabs abducting people and then, like, I don't know, just just cutting off their limbs or something. Because everywhere you go... In uh, London, there are these signs saying, like, don't be hornswoggled by a fake cabbie. You know, like, call this number and make sure the cab you get is legitimate. And then underneath it in big letters, it says, don't take risks. And I thought, well, okay, fair enough. And then we're back in the hotel room. And, you know, in the back of the hotel door, there's always the what to do in, in the event of a fire. And, uh, you know, and it's, don't, use the, don't use the lift, use the stairs. And you know, all the same stuff as in America. And at the bottom, in big letters, this is a wholly different thing. This is not like in the subway talking about a taxi. This is like in the hotel room talking about a fire. Huge letters. Don't take risks. And then, again, it was like in some uh, restaurant. It was like, what to do if you see suspicious behavior? Because they're all on the look for the terror and the whatnot. It was like, if you see or hear anything suspicious, you know, call the police, call 999, you know, and be, report them. And the bottom, don't take risks. And I thought about what a weird thing to be injecting into your national psyche all the time. Just to gr be growing up in Britain and everywhere you look, a big sign to take no risks. My favorite one is, do not feed the pigeons. They are a nuisance and a health hazard. <laughs> you can't. Now, the, I guess the mayor of London just hates the, the freaking pigeons. Oh, he just man. hates them. And so if you go to any of the parks now, there's like the guy, the cops or bobbies or whatever they all they are, like to make it like you try to feed the pigeons. I think they bludgeon you to death. I don't think you're allowed to. He's, the, the, the mayor of London, they call him, um, his name is Ken or Nick or something, but they call him like Red Ken or like Red Nick because apparently he's such an activist, he's so hands-on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're not allowed to feed the pigeons anywhere. But these signs everywhere that say, take no risks. I don't think you could ever hang that sign in America. I think that the American psyche would revolt at the idea of a, of a sign being hung everywhere that says, don't take any risks. Maybe that area is such a tourist destination vacation spot or whatever. So many people go through there that they find the need that... There's too many criminals out there that prey on these vacationers or people from other Maybe. countries that are visiting that area, and that's why they have these don't-take-risk things all over town. Very weird. What happens, so, at your kid's school, so when they're, at, when they're on the playground for recess? Apparently they can't, you know, play soccer out there on recess Well, I was just going to say, if they're not allowed to run, are they allowed to play sports? Well, yeah, that's the funny part. During PE, you can okay, but let me ask kick you this. the ball around. You don't have to say where they go to school, but can, can you tell me what school district it is? It's the Beaverton School The Beaverton district. School District. So when your kids go out to recess at the B, and I know we've talked about this before, but I, I don't think you can in elementary. Yeah. This world has gotten too happy. Vladimir Lenin uh, primary. That's what I think the thing is. is we're, everybody's looking to make a buck for free for nothing. And so uh, apparently too many kids have fallen and done whatever in recess. It's not like recess from the old days when we went to school. They can't do anything. Not they can't even breathe, let I mean, alone I, run. I mean, really, and not to rehash all my old grade school stuff, but kids were maimed constantly on the playgrounds when I was exactly. growing up. What are you going to do? It's just part of what happened to Jimmy. Well, he fell on his head. Now he's, you know, now he's, Now he sits in a room with a helmet and drools a lot. I mean, that's just part of, you know. That's we, just Darwin in action. I know. We used to steal tennis shoes and throw them to the top of the, you know, the play equipment. Do your but, kids know that, Scotty? 
Like <laughs> no. father, like son. <laughs> so but when your kids go out to play at recess, so they can't play tag? No. And no if, or if they absolutely walk, not. What kind of, and what kind of lame-ass tag involves walking? Hold on. I'll get over there in a second. Hold on. Just like... So if they want to play, can your kids have a, uh, as they used to say, a pickup game of baseball at recess? No. I think my child actually got put in timeout for running on the playground, and that's how this all But, was. I mean, as part of an organized sport at recess, if they say, look, hey, you kids, Spanky, Alfalfa, Groucho, Harpo, Chimpy, let's... Zap, let's all get together and play basketball at recess. Won't that be a hoot? And then they say, yes, it will. What a jolly good time. They're not allowed to run? No, and apparently you single file your way out to the playground, and when you're ready to go back in the building, you all get in a single file line. It's just, it sounds real military. Clutching your little red book. This is just what I've heard. Obviously, I haven't been there for a day to Okay, so you don't really happen, know if it's happened. But this is what my son tells me. It's like military. Is there know? a chance that your son is over-exaggerating this because he's a sissy? It's possible. Okay, just checking. Just want to make sure. Why don't you play in any sports? I'm not. Uh, Actually, I'm not he plays. To. He plays soccer and does the scout thing, you know, and all that. But just during recess, they don't let him do anything, which is strange. Interesting. All right, there you go, Scotty J. Let's uh, let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill, CNN Radio correspondent to the stars here on KCMD Portland, the one and only Lisa Goddard. Why, hello. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, how are you? It's kind of it's kind of baking my noodle to talk to you here later in the day. It's kind of freaking me out a little bit. I know. I'm freaked out as well. It is, it's crazy. And also, I'm, I'm here on Central Time, so it, it's just all bizarre. I don't even know what time that is. Central Time is one of those times. Can I just say this? Central Time is sort of like those middle letters in the alphabet that you sort of have to stop and think you can't forget about. <laughs> uh, what time is it where you are? Uh, where I am, it is 4.11. So that's three hours. It doesn't even sound like you. If it's 4.11... No, that's Eastern time. No, that's wrong. It's 311. <laughs> you don't even know what you're talking about. You're I don't high know what time a... it is. I know. I, it's because half of my electronic devices have converted and half of them have not. So I, I depends on two of my phones have the right time and my other phone has the wrong time. Let's just call it what it is. You're blind drunk. You're completely drunk right now. I am. I am stinking drunk right now. Excellent. That's right. Excellent. Fantastic. <laughs> um, all right. So, you, so you're, you're in um, the Southdale Courthouse in Edina, uh, Minnesota? Edina. Edina. Edina, Minnesota. That is where we are. I'm in a CNN satellite truck right now. And so what, uh, is, yeah. what are your impressions of the town of Edina? Edina. Edina. Uh, you know, it's got, I'm staring straight at a super target. That might give you a clue. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's flat. It's, it's classic Midwest. It's, it's rather lovely. It's a gorgeous day. Houses in this area. Three bedroom will cost just 240 240 Every, to 270 Everybody gathering at a gazebo in the park to hear a big band play, <laughs> followed by the ice cream social. <laughs> Right, lots of, and strangely enough, that band only trombone. <laughs> and Robert, oh my, oh my, pop culture wit is is failing me. Who's the guy, the music man, Robert? Uh, oh, come on, come on, I need to. Robert Preston. I, I, Robert. There we go. Robert exactly. Preston leading the charge against pool halls. <laughs> All right. Um. So, but, but, but so now the main event though. This, right. is, this is sort of like this Donald Trump thing that's coming to Portland that has his picture in in like on the tickets. But, but, of course, he's not going to be there. This is the Larry Craig thing, but Larry Craig's yeah. not even there, right? That's right. That's exactly right. No, Larry Craig is not here. No, he's not. But I'll tell you, there are. they, they actually set up a, a very large box for the media. And we didn't quite need the whole thing. But they also set up a large box for protesters. For a good time, there were only two protesters. 
one fantastic uh, 20-something-year-old dressed up as Larry Craig with a really uh, kind of terrible, terrible wig, and then almost looking like uh, who was it that was in The Saint uh, with, at the very end of that movie? Anyway, and then the other guy dressed up as an airport policeman, and they brought out their own porcelain toilets. Uh, that was that was the protester block. I, I'm so okay, but what are the, what are they protesting again? I'm so confused because there's so many things yeah, about know, this one could protest. What? No, I think those guys were just looking for their own show. They they said they were actually they thought that this was uh, they were supporting Larry Craig. Actually, they were saying they thought this was a frivolous arrest by, by carrying uh, a toilet around yeah. with them. Yeah, and I, I think what they were really doing, truth is, uh, turns out they have a website that is selling Larry uh. Craig on a on a toilet T-shirt. Well, so I think I think uh, this was a business proposition for those two guys. You know, in a way that is very American. It does warm my heart in a certain in a certain fashion. Anyway, so he's so he, did he just send his mouthpiece uh, to his lawyer there just to say like, hey, come on, let him off. He has two lawyers here. He brought probably more than that, but two main two lawyers who spoke for him in court, as well as a spokeswoman. And I'll tell you, he he is. Uh, I don't think. I don't think the sun is shining any brighter for Larry Craig today, necessarily. The judge in this case told the court that he is not going to decide until next week. That's a problem because Larry Craig said he intended to resign by September 30th. This weekend is when he is supposed to resign. Uh, but he, in the last week, has told our Dana Bash that he's leaving the door open, that he may stay in the job as long as his court case is moving. So we're waiting to hear from him, hopefully in the next couple of hours, to see are you going to be a senator next week or not? Now, we don't there, know. Is this, let me just ask you this. In your assessment, is he just trying to do something where he runs out the clock hoping that <laughs> another scandal knocks him far enough back in the newspaper that no one cares? Well, if he is, I think it is working. I think, I think fewer and fewer people care right now, to be honest. I think it was an enormous scandal at first, um, but now I think fewer and fewer people care. Uh, it's hard to say, though. We'll see how this case goes. It, um, I don't know. It is. It is. I don't know if this is true, uh, but I did hear that while I was on vacation, I did read that this, the, 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 the restroom stall where he got busted now cannot actually even be used by anybody because it's so crammed <laughs> with people getting their photos taken, like leaning out of the stall with a wacky smile on their face. I, I can report to you that the bathroom stall is usable. Uh, I myself did not see it, but I spoke to many men who did, and I can also tell you that uh, that bathroom, the most photographed thing probably in the state of Minnesota for the last two weeks, uh, and this is a, weird, a strange story. I saw a woman having her photograph taken there yesterday. Uh -huh. uh, it turns out she was a Fox News reporter. <laughs> That's right there. That's, that's, in, that's integrity is what that is. That, if you didn't know anything about the American news media, that in large part tells you all that you need to know. All well, right. the other great thing was she, I asked her, are you a reporter? And she uh, ran away very scared and said, no, no, I can't. I can't be a part of this. And it, it was very odd. It was very well, strange. Really, I mean, if she works for Fox News, let's be honest, you know the answer to is she a reporter, you know, anyway. Oh, listen to that. Bam! That's see, <laughs> Bam. I, 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 know Bam. How, I know how to suck up. All right. Well, I, will, I know it's obviously a very harried and hectic day for you, so let me just say yeah. this. I'll let you go. Have a great time. Try the apple pie. All right. I also hear the pizza here is, is delicious. Excellent. Wonderful. You got, I hear that so, they serve it with a slice of cheddar on top, and then it's divine. Well, I, I think 
hello to Portland. I'm sad that we have to talk about this because we need to talk to, about important news events, you know, like more about your trip. Uh, it's, that's okay. You know what? It, it, anything involving a bathroom stall and a guy lugging same <laughs> around around public looking to get on television, that's fine. That takes precedent. We will we'll speak to you at a time when you are not so frazzled. Excellent. All right, Lisa. As always, okay. a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon, sister. There you, you go. Too. Lisa Goddard, ladies and gentlemen, live near a thing somewhere. Boy, she sounded a little crazy. She did sound crazy. I mean, I know that's like pot to kettle stuff there, but really, she sounded a little, uh, a little hyper. All right. Hold on a second. Where's my water? What are you eating over there? Well, I'm eating these soy crisp things. Are they good? Yeah, they're pretty decent. They're they ranch think? flavored. Let me try one. Okay, there you go. Nick, because you said you didn't like I'm actually, I'm done eating them. You can have the rest of them. Really? Yeah. All right, they're, they're pretty decent. That's not bad. Where'd you get these? Safeway. That's not bad at all. Yeah, they're only like two bucks and they have like 300 calories. Contains in potassium chloride. Okay, that's great. Don't they clean toilets? That with was that? like the fourth ingredient. Oh, okay. What, what, that's how you sleep at night. Potassium chloride, really? Okay. Well, that's I'm not even going to look. You know, why do I even look? Why are you looking? Just look, look at the calories and the price. That's all it. Right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick. This is Greg in Portland. I wanted to weigh in with something on the uh, the Larry Craig situation. Wait, hold on. Is this going to be a joke? No, no, this isn't a joke, but I think it'd be funny. Okay. Well, I'm not gay, so I don't know the gay activist groups. You know, and I support everybody in their choices. But what these guys ought to do <laughs> uh-huh. is they ought to have rallies to support one of their own. They ought to get behind him. They ought to get behind him publicly, vocally, with picket signs. Hell, I'd even hold one if they had one in Portland. I think it'd be great. So you'd get behind Larry Craig? Oh, yeah, yeah, for coming out in public for all of us to see. It would be great. The Republicans would love it. And every time one of these Republicans you'd really, anti-gay let me understand gay, this. Hold on. You'd really, you'd really get behind Larry Craig and really, you know, really support him? For, oh, you know. oh, oh, yeah, in, in, in his personal choice. You'd, you'd really, um, you'd, re- you'd really, no, if you were, you know, getting behind Larry Craig, you'd really be, um, You'd be, hey, you'd really yeah. you'd really be an oak that he could lean on. Well, well you know, if you, you were know, behind him, we've all we've all got to pay the bills. Right? He wants to give Larry Craig his all. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, I think I've t- I don't think there's anything left. I don't think, I don't think, think we've do done it anymore. He, um, you want to have gay sex with Larry Craig? No, that no. doesn't really work. It's not the same zing. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. Bye now. All right, there you go. I don't think he even knew what we were doing there. I think he was off on one call, and we were having our own call with him in our head. <laughs> um, let's do um, – here's the thing. we got Mr. Skin come at the bottom of the hour, Tim. And we haven't uh, had a break in about 57 okay. hours. Okay, so let's do a Cannibal Watch, and then we'll take a break. Here's okay. your Cannibal Watch. Oh, oh, we're giving away a copy of Halo 3 later. And tomorrow. And the you next are, day. I wish there was a camera here sometimes so everyone can see you flailing your limbs it's, it's around. It's a busy week. It's my. It's, you know what it is. This show is one big Richard Scary Town today. It's uh, what a busy day. Frazzled, there's just so many things to get to. Uh, yeah, giving away a copy of Halo 3 later today. Uh, Halo 3 tomorrow. Also a Halo 3 copy going up to the Glorious Bastard of the Week. Uh, so if you are uh, not a Glorious Bastard, you've got to sign up right now at 970.am. Become an AM970 Glorious Bastard. Your chance at winning a copy of Halo 3 this week. Uh, but we also are going to be giving away copies of Halo 3 on the air today, tomorrow, and Friday. Also, very briefly, 
I cannot reveal what it is until tomorrow. Uh, I can't reveal it until tomorrow. But next week, we're going to be doing a damn fine giveaway. Will I be excited? No, because okay. you can't go. So uh, I can't go. No, we're giving um, because of these. Yes, yes, it's because of your bosoms. What? What would we possibly be giving away that your bosoms would prevent you from... I don't know, because that's the only difference between you and I. I'm not going anywhere. Why wouldn't I be able to go? Yes, we're giving away memberships to the Knights of Columbus. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. Because of these? That was a these? full-on... You know what it is? That was a full-on um, kitty on Arrested Development. You will not be seeing <laughs> these anymore. Jesus. All right. Well, here's your cannibal watch. This is from Sasakwa, Oklahoma. An Oklahoma man is facing charges for allegedly biting off and swallowing body parts from his ex-wife and her new husband, police said. Her new tasty, tasty husband. Christy and Larry Knuckles, Knuckles got married on Monday, but two weekends ago they were on the run from their ex-husband, Tom Ledgerwood, in the small town of Sasakwa. Christy Knuckles said that the two of them essentially sound like a mob enforcer. This is Christy Knuckles. She's going to take you back and give you what for. Christy Knuckles said the two of them were chased down a dirt road and their car got stuck. That's when Ledgerwood and some of his friends confronted them, she said. I had some mace, she said, and I hit him right in the eye. Larry Knuckles said the two had started fighting were rolling around inside the car when Ledgerwood began biting him. Quote, he, t <clears throat> sorry. he told me, you know what that was? That's your ear, Knuckles said. And then he says, I'm going to get your other ear. Larry, how would you, the funny thing is that oh. it, after that you wouldn't even be able to hear his threats about what he was going to get next. Eventually you'd have to wait and you know, it'd be like a surprise after that to see what he was going to get. Really, he can only, after biting up one ear and going for the other, that's like the last time you're going to be able to have a little warning. Larry Knuckles uh, lost half of his left ear and the top of his right one. People were coming up behind me yelling, kill him, Larry Knuckles said. That's when Christy Knuckles said she jumped in to try to save him. I went to, here's what you don't do, by the way. If you are fighting a guy who's just bit a dude's ears off right in front of you, I put my fingers in his mouth to pull him back, Christy Knuckles said. One chomp, and I knew my fingers were coming off. Oh, my God. Yeah. The couple eventually got the ex-husband to, to calm down after he swallowed her fingers and both of the guy's ears. After he had a good meal in him, he was fine. Once the, once the carb fatigue kind of kicked in. That's when he said he'd swallowed my fingers and the other, and, uh, this, and his ears, she says. Ledgerwood, uh, 35, is arrested and charged with five felonies. There you go. One chomp, and I knew my fingers were coming off. Mm, cannibal watch. There you go. That's... Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Mr. Skin and Tim Riley next. Are you having Oreos? Only two. Is this because I talked about the Scotty and his box of Keebler cookies? You know, he probably would have shared. I know. 
will be covered in sweat. I don't want to butter. get between that man and his food. Yeah, no. It's 503-733-2970 coming up here in just a skosh. Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Uh, we'll uh, do uh, a Halo 3 giveaway here in just a short while. Uh, also, Chris Neven from OnTheVig.com will be uh, joining us. All right, it's 503-733-2970. I hold in my hand. We were talking about this at the top of the show. I got this in the mail today. Right here, I got two copies, of it, one of which has already been taken by Sarah. You announced that this would make you very popular with your uh, with your friends, by oh, the I'm way. sure. I have many male friends. I'm looking at this right here. This is the Mr. Skin's Skintastic uh, Video Guide, which really is wonderful. I mean, it's re- and it's got large, easy-to-read print, too. Uh, it's got every movie you could conceivably think of that features some kind of nudity. It's got the name. Here, like, okay, I'm opening to it literally just to a random page here. Right here, random page, page 254. Poison Ivy 2. Uh, 1996, director Anne Gorsoud, breasts nine, butts one. And then it, <laughs> this is so great. Is there an open channel somewhere? I'm hearing something in my right, uh, my right headphone channel. Yes. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much. No, Rick, you're just crazy. All right. Well, whatever. Anyway, maybe it's just part of the technical merriment that's affecting I this side of the studio today. Anyway, so it has the list of the nine nude breasts, one nude butt, and then it breaks it out, though, by star. Nude stars, Tara Ellison. Parentheses, left breast. Victoria Haas, parentheses, breast. Alyssa Milano, parentheses, breasts, comma, butt. And then it lists a, and then there's a, there's a description. There's the, you know, it's everything. So, and apparently there's a, there's a whole bunch of lists in here as well. It really is pretty fantastic. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, the one and only Mr. Skin himself. Hello, sir. Thanks, Rick. I, I made it easy to read because I figured guys that come to our site don't need a lot of uh, hard reading. <laughs> really? No, it's, I mean, honestly, it's, uh, you know, you just want to get right to the, you just get right to right. the information. Well, I, I, my thing was I always saw, I've been running this website for eight years, and I used to go to the bookstore and see Roger Ebert's video guide or Leonard Maltin's video guide, and I always thought, you know, I have to sit down and put what I think are the best movies for sex and nudity into a book, because guys would think that's cool. Uh, a lot of guys want to know, where's the movies I could rent that have, uh, uh, my favorite celebrity nude or the ones that Mr. Skin thinks are the best. And it was not easy to narrow it down to 501, but uh, I'm pretty happy with the final list. And in the back, there's a whole uh, searchable by actress at the end. There's an index for that. And then, of course, you've got a, a bunch of lists, too. You've got the best comedies for nudity. And I didn't know, you've got the, this weird one, which it is sort of a strange time we lived in in the 80s and now because it says... One of the lists in here is the top PG movies for nudity, and it is yeah. weird to think that there was a time in America when you could have a PG film that had lots of nudity in it. Oh, yeah, and like uh, examples would be um, uh, Sheena from 1984. Right. Tanya Roberts is very naked, and that was a PG movie. Um, the Woman in Red, Kelly LeBrock, Gene Wilder was in the movie. Kelly LeBrock went full frontal and that was a pg movie so it i mean it, it, it's it's amazing uh how many movies had nudity that were pg and most of them were in the 80s and then you've got a lot of the uh, like movies that, that that should be out on dvd or that you want to come out on dvd that haven't yet yeah we made a list of um uh we did uh 69 as uh, we're very original there and we had the top 69 <laughs> yeah. movies that uh should be released on dvd that never have and some examples is mean dog blues from 1978 ginger from gilligan's island gets Naked. That's on the list. Uh, uh, Chained Heat, the best woman in prison movie ever, featuring Chained Linda Heat Blair. Is not on DVD. Believe it or not, no. And it, it, now I want everyone to uh, for this book. The rule was it had to be on DVD here in the U.S. If it's like it, it would play on a, a region two DVD, right. that doesn't count. It has to be a North America release. Where I didn't want guys, I didn't want people to get all excited.
excited about movies than realize the only place they could get it is on eBay for two hundred dollars. Yeah. It had to be stuff you could find at Netflix or Blockbuster. You really are uh, doing uh, you're doing the Lord's work. So yeah, really thanks, are. thanks, Rick. Uh, well, what's uh, what's out this uh, this week that people ought to be caring about? Well, definitely the big news is that Knocked Up is out on DVD. Uh, this week, it's the uh, movie that uh, not only uh, did I personally love, but it personally featured MrSkin.com in there, so I have to make that caveat. But uh, there's good nudity, um, an hour and 29 minutes in, Stormy Daniels and Nautica Thorne. Um, they play strippers in Vegas. They're topless. A girl named Emerson Riley at the hour and 11-minute mark shows breasts <laughs> after a earthquake. So Knocked Up is out on DVD. and. You can see MrSkin.com in the movie. So that's cool. And then finally, if you're a fan of uh, X-Files, I know a lot of guys were fans of the show with David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. Well, Dana Scully, uh, Gillian Anderson, has a movie called Closure, which is out on DVD this week. And believe it or not, she is topless. And I know a lot of guys are fans of hers and probably don't know that this Why was I not the, aware of this? How did I not know this was happening? You no, know, I could tell you the boobs are out there, and it's uh, uh, the new movie's called Closure. It's a brand-new release, and you could see uh, Dana Scully topless. Uh, definitely check that one out. Excellent. And is the book out now? Yes, it's in stores now, or you could go to Amazon.com. It's called Mr. Skin's Skintastic Video Guide. Excellent. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. As always, a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much, Rick. I there appreciate it. There you go. Mr. Skin, ladies and gentlemen, God bless him. That's a good man. Right here, because it features things, movies such as Please Don't Eat My Mother from 1972, featuring eight breasts, three butts, and uh, four of the, uh, the other business. Um, apparently, it's some sort of, not a porn film, because he doesn't do those, but apparently it's some sort of softcore. Softcore, I don't think softcore exists anymore. Softcore is this uh, genre of film that I think ended in the mid to early, uh, or in the early to mid-90s. I think with the rise of the Internet, I think that softcore stopped happening because now you could, you know, you could just get porn. I think softcore basically was for people who didn't have access to full-on porn. You either lived in a state where they couldn't sell it, uh, like Utah, or you didn't, uh, you know, you couldn't buy it because your wife would find it, or you know, whatever. No porn store near your house, uh, and so you'd have to. But you know, but like HBO and Cinemax, they want to sully themselves by showing full-on porn, so they would split the difference by showing these softcore uh, films, which is lots of nudity and then lots of sex, but no actual, like, close-ups of the actual business going on. And so this is, but this is a softcore take on Little Shop of Horrors. Apparently it's just Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, that's a cheap joke. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Good afternoon. Hello, sir. How is everybody? Um, well, let's see. Yeah, I know. Hey, Rick, listen, on behalf of many of your fans, but more importantly, Sarah's fans, it's time to make oh, uh, a meeting time. of the minds here. Okay. Sarah, is this, is this, uh, is this going to be creepy? Not at all. Not uh, at all, because I speak for many of the listeners, and I, yeah, I'm entirely likely I speak creepy. for you. Yeah, okay. Sarah needs to go on to Miss Skin today. I don't understand why. What do you mean? Well, do you mean hold on? Do you mean that she needs to visit the site, or she needs to be featured on the uh, site? I I need to see her boobs. That's it. Yeah, that's not creepy at all. I know. And thanks I for agree. saying thanks for saying that you need to speak that you speak for me when you say that too. I appreciate that. I just thought I'd throw that baby in there. I got a little sexual tension in there, Rick. I got to tell you. Here's the next sound you hear will be the sound of the call ending. Thanks. Bye now. You know, in my own creepy. in my defense, I asked him twice if he was going to be creepy, and his I should have known when his when his response was, "No, it won't be creepy." I speak for lots of the listeners here.
Because Lord knows, speaking for lots of the listeners precludes it being creepy or weird. Let's talk to a woman. Uh, I can't oh. eat these Oreos. But oh, my God. Hi, uh, Judy. What's is it, Judy? Look yes. at the screen, Judy. What's up, sister? How you doing? Oh, my God. No, he does not speak for all of us. Oh, thank you. Do you have no oh. interest in Sarah's bosoms? Oh, well, now, uh, I would like to say uh, that you guys did way above and beyond on your vacation. Thank you really so much for leaving, you know, really, Tim and, and Scotty. I was going to say, who are you speaking to about this? Sarah no. and I didn't do anything but leave. You, you Listen, I'll tell you what you did. You didn't just leave, but you left us the best. I mean, yeah, it was really sure. great to have a pseudo show. It really was. Well, that's it's all just... Scotty. That's all. No, that's all Scotty going through and picking stuff out. I did uh, the amount of work hours I put into that can be calculated on zero fingers. Well, then you know what? It's all Tim and Scotty. Well, then what, what, while, whilst we back him upside the head, we should spank him on the bottom and congratulate him then, because it was really kind of nice, you know, to have a little bit of Tim there. And Kristen and Scotty, while you guys were gone, it kept the, it kind of pseudo-real. I think some of the creepiness from the last call is launching into this one, Sarah. <laughs> Sorry. All right, well, we're glad we, glad we could make you happy even long distance. Okay, bye, guys. Bye now. I didn't know if it was going to be a, a mean call or a nice one. I don't know. It was a lot, whole lot of, like, pat him on the head and spank him on something else. and. <laughs> that really sums it all up. We'll do the news. Oh, I'm reading a review of Into the Wild. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't, well, hold on a second. Well, let me get the. I'm not going to we'll talk about it. Well, we can talk about it. A little bit. Yeah, we can talk, because here's the thing. Um, I might as well talk about it now. We've got calls to get to it and whatnot. Um, Sean Penn is a very, you know, great actor mm-hmm. and a good filmmaker, yeah. to be sure. Um, but um, Into the Wild is just a very. Two things. I don't want to get too highbrow about it. Uh, I'm gonna get to you know to, to to you know whatever about the whole where's my own. I don't get too too hyper about the book, but Into the Wild is it's the best John Krakauer book to me for one thing, and a lot of people hold up Into Thin Air as his masterwork, but to me it's Into the Wild. Um, regardless of how one views the protagonist, Chris McCandless, and there are many, even I, having read the book and really liking the book. You go back in your head, back and forth, about whether you admire the Chris McCandless guy or not. Because, again, you know, he's a guy from a pretty well-to-do family who burns all his money and tramps around the country. You know, having some pretty great adventures, but tramps around the country and then ends up starving to death in the middle of Alaska because he didn't bring any food. And so it's easy to kind of go, well, F that guy. He's retarded. But if you read his journals, he really was, it's, you know, I don't want to get through to whatever about it. But he was, you know, obviously a guy who was... Had some big hole that he couldn't quite fill inside and did all these insane things trying to do it and might have been a little nuts and whatever. Um, it's such a great book, though, that I, I kind of don't ever want to see a movie because I don't think a movie could ever capture it. And secondly, having read the book and anybody who's read Into the Wild, I'm not trying to disparage the filmmakers, uh, but if you read the book, clearly, it, you know what it is? It's like when I saw the Kurt Cobain action figure a while back, which whatever I think about Kurt Cobain, you've got to know that Kurt Cobain would be horrified that there's an action figure of himself. I mean, Kurt Cobain would hate that um, if you believe any of the stuff that guy said. I think that Chris McCandless, who is the protagonist of Into the Wild, would be horrified that there is a movie having been made about his life because his whole thing was trying to erase his identity. Chris McCandless's whole thing was he did not he wanted to be he did not want to be Chris McCandless. He dropped the, he stopped using that name, he got rid of his identification, he burned his money, he lived off the land. And I don't mean lived off the land like he panhandled. I mean literally he went to the library and got a book about what you could eat and walked into the Alaska wilderness with a book about what you could eat that you found. And I mean and that guy, whatever anybody says about the way that he died, he almost made it out. He lasted a hundred and twenty days in the middle of an Alaska winter by himself with no food. He lived a hundred and that's four months living off stuff that he just found and knew how to knew how to how to eat. 
So, I mean, his whole thing was just shedding, uh, as trippy as it sounds and hippies and stupid, shedding his societal image and his whatever. So the idea that they've made a movie about him would probably make that guy sick. Uh, so I'm, I'm really just torn about that movie. I just don't think I could bring myself to see it. So, uh, well, let's do this. Let's go to the news, ladies and gentlemen, with Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. That 76-year-old woman who survived two weeks in the Oregon wilderness is out of the hospital. Doris Anderson got lost in the Wallawa Mountains while on a hunting trip with her husband. This after their SUV got stuck in the mud. They set out on foot for help. Well, that's impossible, Tim. Those sport utility vehicles are for serious outdoorsmen. No, then they became tired and Doris turned back. Her husband, Harold, was found by a group of hunters. Then they uh, found Doris. They combed the entire area. Two off-duty uh, officers used their time out to search for the woman and found her down a steep ravine. After 13 days, she was injured in cold but conscious. For the past three weeks, she's been recovering at Providence Portland Medical Center. She'll now be transferred to a rehab center. So, uh, because we never get enough of this story, but the attorney for Senator Larry Craig says he's pleading not guilty today of soliciting sex in the airport bathroom. In a prepared statement after the hearing, Billy Martin, his attorney, so great, uh, says he hopes the, uh, the judge in the case will allow Craig to withdraw his plea. We are arguing, and we hope that this judge, Judge Porter, will look at our argument and make a determination that no matter what Senator Craig attempted to do to make this go away, what he did was not a crime. Yes, the slimy lawyers said the senator was not the airport bathroom for anything other than using the facility. While they may be consistent with what the officer says, is behavior that he recognizes, Senator Larry Craig denies that he went into that restroom for anything other than to go to the restroom. I'm God, the gay. politicians lie. I'm just going to say. With a straight face over and over and over again. <laughs> Are any of them any use at all? No. No, the answer to that is no. Bring out a firing squad. Let's put it into this. That's Tim Riley who said that. We're speaking euphemistically. Yes, we are. Right. We never want that to happen. No, we're... But People we... should use the restroom in peace. We... Um, we wish, of course, a long and safe life we to do. all, to everyone. We're speaking... many, many more bowel movements <laughs> to Senator Craig. He hopes the uh, judge will allow the senator to change his plea. We're hopeful that the court will agree with our arguments. If, ju if the judge agrees and he allows the senator withdraw to withdraw that guilty plea, we will be back here in this courthouse to enter Jeez. a plea of not guilty. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And for whatever reason... The airport spokesman for the Minneapolis St. Paul International Airport has been consulted on this. He said Senator Craig had time to look at how he would plead to disorderly conduct charges. The defendant unequivocally pled guilty to the crime of disorderly conduct. The plea was made voluntarily, accurately, and intelligently. That's Minneapolis St. Paul International Airport spokesman Patrick Hogan. I mean, you really don't get much more straightforward than that. Hey, yeah. are you guilty of trying to get it on by the guy in the bathroom? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, yes. Okay, done. There you go. He I said mean, the senator took responsibility for what happened. In pleading guilty to the charge, the defendant knowingly accepted responsibility and culpability for his actions in a restroom oh. at uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport. Expected to take Craig was told of his rights when arrested. He was advised to discuss any concerns with an attorney if he so chose. After careful consideration, the defendant calculatingly entered a plea of guilty. Well, so there you go. Uh, he's a slimy lawyer, slimy politician. Of course he's not going to take responsibility for his actions. Why no. would he possibly need to do that? So, all right. 
I mean, they don't need the politicians don't need to take responsibility for getting us into a damn fool war. Why would they need to take responsibility for something happening in a bathroom? Seriously. Uh, we'll get a couple of these. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, buddy. Hey. Um, actually, the longer I sat on hold, the more I thought this is a stupid call. But I'm, so long, I'm, as long as it doesn't involve making one of us strip off on a website for your viewing pleasure, it's going to be okay. What's up? Um, okay, and the Mr. Skin book it yeah. states that there are nine breasts. Now, was that going to be four sets and one solo, or is that you? You with me? No, yeah, they're uneven ones because it'll say like left breast or this, right breast. Just like a lifetime mastectomy movie we're talking about. I don't understand. <laughs> Seriously, Hammy, what do you? Oh, you mean the only one is visible? Gotcha. Like in Cafe ah. Flesh, there are 15 breasts and eight butts. Okay, yeah, so you only see one of them. Uh, you know, like uh, maybe she's leaning around a corner or something. Yes, yes, her profile. Her you know, profile. this is, Sarah, by the way, just you know, this is what it's like to be a man. You're actually sitting there wondering about how the, the extra breast, the odd and end breast, uh, ended up being seen. That's another thing you're actually worried about. So, well, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, well, don't, don't, get, no, don't get me wrong, sir. I'm with you on that. I worry about these things as well. Okay. okay. Um, all right. So don't, don't feel like you're a bad person at all. Okay. So, so what's the answer? To what, what, was the what was the question again? It said there's nine breaths. What movie are we talking what movie? about? I, I, I believe you said page 254, maybe, and you used an example. You believe. Not that you were listening very carefully to every breast moment. Uh, let's see. <laughs> 254. 54. Yeah. Nine breasts. Oh, Not, Poison Ivy 2. Poison Ivy 2 with Alyssa Milano. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, breast nine, butts one. So apparently... It, it, so Tara, Tara Ellison only shows her left breast. See there, and see, he does explain it. He says, Victoria Haas shows her chest, Alyssa Milano, chest, Kate Roger, chest... Tara Ellison, left breast only. Oh. Leave it to Mr. Skin. He breaks it down scientifically. That's what he does, sir. Right on. All right. Hey, love the, love the show, guys. Thank you. But right. This is going to be another one of those breast dub shows, isn't it? Wait, hold on. Good. Let me... Uh... Uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Yeah. How's it going? What's up, brother? Yeah, well, um, you were talking about that Into the Wild book. Yeah. Yeah, I've read it like two or three times, and uh -huh. uh, I didn't know that there was a movie coming out. Yeah. Well, when did that happen? They filmed part of it here, didn't they, Tim? Isn't that the deal? Do you know if they filmed part of Into the Wild here? I don't know, but I'll look it up right now. Because uh, Sean Penn is the writer-director. By the way, in, in the movie's defense, co-writing, uh, co-writing, co-writing done by, uh, Sean Penn is the director. Sean Penn co-wrote it. Huh. Uh, with uh, Sean Penn co-wrote Sarah, is, I know I keep asking about weird things. Is there like another mic or something on? No, just uh, mine and Tim. It must be my headphone jack. My headphone jack must also be having problems. I'm getting weird flangy noises in my head. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, the book is co-written by John Krakauer. Okay, i got to stop again. The movie's directed by Sean Penn. It was written by Sean Penn and John Krakauer, who wrote the book. So in the movie's defense, the pedigree of the movie is unimpeachable. Great director, great writers, great actor. Eddie Vedder does the soundtrack. I've heard it. It's really hmm. good. It's just, uh, It was filmed in Beaverton. Filmed in Beaverton. In Astoria. In huh. the desert of California. Because he did spend a lot of time traveling through the Northwest. Obviously, you know, he had to get to Alaska at one point. But he traveled, you know, the entire, uh, all the way through the Southwest, through California, to Mexico, through Texas, back east, through Montana, through Oregon, to Alaska, back to the Southeast, back to Alaska. So I know they filmed a lot of it here, yeah. 
Yeah, well, um, what I really liked about that book is that the, the author actually uh, ties in some of his own experiences. Right. Um, you know, he was talking about um, uh, uh, climbing Mount McKinley. Yeah. And uh, he was just sitting in a tent just thinking about stuff, and he, he sparked a bowl and yeah, he... just victory dance because he was uh, down by a lot of harsh weather. And Here's... he was just like, well, I'll just smoke this now. And Here's just... this amazing thing about, about Into the Wild. <laughs> at one section, At one section of the book, the author, John Krakauer, ties in the Chris McCandless story by relating a story from his own, the author's own youth. And he talks about going to climb this thing called Devil's Thumb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like in Alaska or someplace. It's some godforsaken, like you don't ever want to go there, ice mountain. But he climbed with all this hubris of youth. He's like, I will go climb this mountain as a 21-year-old man. And he very nearly died. So he tells this story in Into the Wild, which came out in about 92. Mm -hmm. He tells this story in Into the Wild. About, well, when I, the author, was a younger man, I nearly died climbing this devil's thumb, you know, mountain. And that taught me that, you know, you can't let hubris, you know, let you take these incredible risks. The funny thing about that is, a couple of years later, he, John Krakauer, took the biggest risk of all by trying to climb Mount Everest and came within, like, a whisker of dying, which is what that Into Thin Air book is about. So he clearly, that's a lesson that those guys don't learn very easily. Yeah, um... <laughs> You know, uh, it's uh, climbing Mount Everest. That's that's just um, okay. you know something that yeah. rich people do oh, just to, that. you know as yeah. street cred. Dude, you if, know, uh, if, uh, I read I read Into Thin Air and uh, about and my wife does a little bit of you know uh, of of you know climbing Mount. Nothing clearly nothing ever on that scale. But about every thirty pages in Into Thin Air, I would just turn to her and I'm like, if you ever tell me that you want to climb a big mountain like this, like that's it, we're done. Like I will never. There's just no way. I get it, it is just the most colossally stupid. As Krakauer himself now will tell you, he's done interviews, and he's like, hey, if you know anybody who says they're going to climb Mount Everest, he's like, why don't you have them come talk to me? And he's like, I'll tell you what it's like to see a guy's limb snap off from frostbite, like right in front of you. And he's like, you know, just don't, don't do it. On the plane ride from London to Cincinnati, I, this is totally true. On the plane ride from London to Cincinnati last week, I was sitting next to a woman who was making preparations to climb Mount Everest next year with some friend at first. And I didn't say anything. I didn't want to be the idiot running my mouth because what do I know? But, man, that whole time I was like, you know, there's a one. Do you know that one in four people who climb Mount Everest die? Yes. Um, when you get up four, to the, the, what yeah. possible sport could you take part in? You know, one in four people who do this die. Well, sign me up. Who does that? Well, uh, I've, I've uh, you know, watched the Discovery and History Channel, all those things all the time, and every once in a while they have a uh, uh, show about climbing Mount Everest, and uh, the people that live, they hold up their hand, and they only have three fingers. Seriously? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, pretty much all, all really? of the, uh, the, 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 the yep. remnants of people climbing up there is like uh, piles and piles of oxygen bottles. And bodies, and, uh, by the way. Yep. Because if you die there, they leave you there. They don't bring you down. Yeah, there's no way to get a helicopter yep. up there, so they can't bring anybody down, and when yeah. You're up it's like 50,000 feet up in the air, and you can't even breathe. Who wants to drag a body down? I'm with you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Rick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go. News to breaking now. Tim Riley with breaking news. Mistrial. A mistrial has been declared oh! in the murder trial of music producer Phil Spector. Are you kidding me? It is a mistrial. He was on trial in Los Angeles for the shooting death of actress Landa Clarkson in his home in 2003. Damn, the man. judge in the case declared a mistrial moments ago after the jury deadlocked on the verdict. And Jim Roop is out sick today. Oh, Darn it, oh. it says right here, Jim Roop, homesick. That's what happens every time there's a big story. Jim Roop, this is your fault. What about um, that British lady who doesn't like you? A mistrial. 
That is insane. I mean, I just trial. I mean, I'm doing exactly the same thing everybody did so during OJ. So that just means that he's free. Um, what does no, because it's not an acquittal. No, they can retry you on a mistrial. Uh-huh. It's a hung jury. They can retry you. It's not an acquittal. An acquittal is like we don't find you. You know, we find you de facto innocent. A mistrial is like we can't come to a conclusion one way or the other. So by default, because of course. Um, because, of course, the jury system properly is set up to favor innocence uh, and the defendant. So if they can't come to a conclusion at all, they just default to we, we won't convict you. Um, but they can try him again, I think. Mm-hmm. And they probably will. They, they seem to have an endless amount of money down there for things like that. Jesus. SoCal. That is crazy. It's nuts. Scotty, by the way, is on the screen trying to tell me that the, um, the jury doesn't have enough cojones to convict. He's spelled cojones. K A H O N I E S. Cajones. K honeys. Um that's crazy. Yeah. Jesus. Um hey, uh so Scotty, do you have we should just do this. You you should see if you should call CNN and see if even though he's homesick if if, if Roop is going to talk about this today. You, would you do me a favor? Can you call CNN and just say, hey, look, I know that Jim is out sick, but I mean, there's a Phil Spector verdict. So maybe he's not talking about it, but we should check. That is insane. That is insane. I'm doing that same thing like everybody did, though, jump, like assuming I know more than the jury somehow. But, I mean, it really did seem like a... Uh... So the prosecutors have the option of retrying Spector, offering him a plea bargain, or dropping the case. If convicted of second-degree murder, Spectre faces 15 years to life in prison, plus a possible added 10 years for use of a firearm. Is it possible for a celebrity to be convicted of anything in California? I mean, really? It, it, he's an evil man. He, uh, he's crazy. He's a crazy man. I'll give you that. I mean, he certainly seems crazy and fixated on firearms and had a dead actress in his house. And a guy said, uh, hey, yes, he told me he'd shot somebody. I mean, really, what, what is it that you need to get a conviction down there? I don't know. OJ freaking covered in blood, like running around with a knife, bloody socks in his bedroom. Didn't they find blood-covered socks in OJ's house? I don't remember. That was so long ago. I mean, really, honestly, for the love of Christ, there's nothing more that can be done. I no. I wash my hands of this whole society. Justice is not done. No. Good God. Well, whatever. I you know I I guess if I'm going to do some killing, I know where I'm going to go. <sighs> crime right. does pay. Yes. The weed of crime bears pleasant fruit. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, Chris Neathen is here from OnTheVig.com. We'll talk to him in just a few more from Tim Riley. Next hour, giving away a copy of Halo 3. Yes, you heard me. Next hour, a copy of Halo 3 will be given away right here on this radio program. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Let's take a break here so we're kind of caught up. Break here. Talk next. Uh, it's the uh, Meet John Big Tree the Rick Emerson Show. Back after this. All right, 503-733-2970. Let me just read to you from page uh, from Mr. Skin Skintastic Video Guys, page 146. The plot of Full Body Massage is deceptively simple. Mimi Rogers savors a leisurely review of highlights from her erotically charged lifetime. Well, stop. Don't do that. While reclining naked on a massage table and being given a massage by Brian Brown. 
The greatest aspect of this modern classic, he says, is that it doesn't matter at what point of the movie you hit play. It's all naked Mimi Rogers all the time. So there you go. Anyway, uh, it's 503-733-2970. We are now joined on the Rick Emerson program by our good friend Chris Neathan of OnTheVig.com. Why, hello, sir. How are hello, you? Hello. I am excellent. How are you? Vig is like, isn't that... Juice or uh, something like interest when you borrow money from a gangster. It is. It's like an Elmore Leonard thing. Yeah, that's that's one uh, vision of it. The the vig is the commission that a bookie charges on a wager, um, generally about ten percent. Should I be reading something sorted or seedy into the name of your website, or is it just like the only thing that was left was every URL, <laughs> everything, everything else, every random conglomerate meatfarm.com, exactly. or whatever they were all taken, and it was less than ten letters, and yeah. so I was like, well, that's that's that. No, it's just, uh, you know, and I talked about this on my blog the other day that, um, for me, it's just kind of a, a lifestyle thing where you're kind of living off the grid and and living, like you said earlier, off the fat of the land a little bit, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do. So excellent. We'll talk about a whole bunch of stuff here in a second. I got Scotty. What Mimi Rogers movie was that again? <laughs> Demanding to know. Um, I'll tell you in just a moment, Scotty. Scotty J. I wish I knew how to quit you. Please, I kiss you on the mouth. Please let me. Good morning, Metolius. There's indeed intrepid PA Scotty J once again. Hi, Scotty. Why, hello, Rick. Hi. You know, whenever you do that really, um, whenever you do that really uh, happy thing, that you sound. That's when you sound like the drunk Scotty. Oh, I wish I had the drunk Scotty handy. Oh, you don't? No, oh, I don't. I, I, only, drunk I only have so many buttons we on my... We might have, um, a, like, one or two new listeners. Too. My dad was kind of uh, searching through the channels. and he Really? Happened, he happened across... Nine Listen <laughs> to the program my son takes part in <laughs> yeah, every yeah. day. He happens across the uh, 970 uh, dial uh, last Friday when the drunk shows on, and he's like... Dang it, is he drunk? Is that show getting him drunk again? I need him to help me move my TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, father's love. Let's hold on. I wish I knew how to quit. Deja vu. Please, on the mouth. Please let me. Here, Scotty. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, our PA, Scotty. Hey, Scotty. Hi, says, Scotty. How are you today? A doing great, Rick. That's what I'm talking about. The doing another Tropical Thunderdog, Scotty. <laughs> Excellent. Doing great, Rick. Um, did you call me? No, yes, yes, I did just now. <laughs> I thought you came over when you were talking. You came over. These are wait. No, stop. you leaned your Everybody head in. Stop! Everybody, stop! These are great headphones. I have the cheapest headphones in the world. Yes. And these are awesome. It's like I, <laughs> I, I hear myself in the third dimension. Which what sounds is, great. All right then. All right, so there you go. Uh, what, what the hell did I bring you? Oh, the the, the Mimi Rogers movie. It's called uh, Full. Full frontal massage, full body full massage. Body massage. That, that's the name of the movie. Full huh? body massage. Okay. It I'll really is to, truth in advertising. I'll have to check that out just to make sure they're telling the truth. Yes, or and journalistic I'll report integrity. back to you on that. Speaking of journalistic integrity, so what was that thing that happened a few minutes ago? Oh yeah, Phil Spector, one of the most famous figures in music history, was acquitted or at least not convicted of murder. And what is that? There's that organization. They do C C something. C C N C span. Are you thinking of C span? C B C C B. It's something C C N. It's cable something network. What is it called? Cable something. What is that? News. Cable C N N. Where they do cable news. Is C N N the cable news network talking about the story, Scotty? Well, I dialed up the phone, you know, and gave them a call, and apparently nobody of course, is covering no, the Phil Spector show. Why would you want to? It's not like they have multiple correspondents in Los Angeles. I understand that Roop is sick, but and Rachel I, McGrath is down there. And, you know, I have a little bit of a salesman personality in me, and I tried to push the envelope a little bit, and 
Now, I don't Laura, think that phrase means what you think it and means. Laura, 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 Laura is right back to her unbuttered self again. So, uh, <laughs> Scotty buttered is worn off. It's dry, Laura. <laughs> Ooh. I, well, Ooh. Well, toast. Oh no, you're probably <laughs> okay. Never mind. See, so you can't anyway. lord it over. <laughs> you can't lord it over me, Scotty. No, but really, honestly, Scotty butter made no, Laura but, love you. But what? Okay, how did the conversation go? You called and said, "Hey." I'm like, I'm not trying to knock Roop. He's was, out. He's yeah. out. I'm just very clear about this. I'm not trying to knock Roop with the correspondence. He's out sick, people and whatever. But I mean, and freaking with those, those the, 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 the god, the idiots that were lost on Mount Hood or wherever it was last year, and they had Ed McCarthy in Atlanta talking about it. And it's not even a national story, really. This is Phil Spector, and they they can't see their way clear to like somebody giving us 12 seconds on a phone to talk about it. Well, apparently, if you call in sick and you're the only guy in the whole organization, it's on the CNN. There you okay, fine, fine. They have televisions there. They could. I'm not trying to yell at you about this, Scotty, but it does seem like Perhaps they could turn on the television where they are and maybe even just watch somebody on Fox talk about it and write it down in slightly different words and then relay it to us. Well, perhaps we need a reporter to go down and report about CNN and their reportings. Go away now. All right. That's Scotty J, ladies and gentlemen. All right, it's 5037. Well, Phil Spector's been acquitted. We'll hear more about the. Or, uh, I can't, can't quit saying acquitted. I want to spread this information. There's been a mistrial. He has not been uh, convicted. Uh, so we'll get calls here in a second. Tim Riley coming at the bottom of the hour. Um, we'll give away a copy of Halo 3 before the end of today's program as well. We're here with Chris Needham from OnTheVig.com. All right, now I brought you here for no real reason except to throw random ideas and observations and questions and news stories at you. Awesome. Larry Craig, go. See, it's just for that look. Just for the look. So is his Larry, deal... Larry Craig has hired uh, that Billy Martin dude, and near as I can tell, Billy Martin this summer is 0 for 2 on, this was going to be his big breakout summer, he was going to get yeah. Michael Vick off. <laughs> no, you're kidding and me, really? Was, no, he's Michael Vick's attorney. Are you kidding no, me? No, I'm not. I had to, That just gives it a whole different level of absurdity. Yeah, well, so, you know, <laughs> Michael Vick gets uh, brought up on charges in Virginia, yada, yada, yada. Uh Billy Martin comes out, and, and he goes and hires Billy Martin, and ESPN and everyone just blows up and says, gosh, you know, this, he's bringing out the big guns. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, I, it, for whatever reason, Billy didn't understand that... Uh, his, his client was irredeemably hosed. <laughs> there was just no way. Somebody didn't understand that that all of his all of Michael's friends would all say, "Gosh, if I'm you know, Michael cut all of his friends loose and just said, you know what, you're on your own, I'm on my own." All of his friends flipped. Yeah. And Billy didn't expect that for some reason. Of course, who could have seen that coming? Well, I, I thought we'd be with each other thick and thin. I uh, hello. <laughs> so guys? that whole thing. So that whole thing goes down. And then you know, right at the at the time when Michael Vick pleads guilty, then the Larry Craig thing comes down, and then Craig goes out and hires Billy Martin to represent him because now Billy Martin's the A-list. He's the new Johnny Cochran. Did he just, uh, except without the winning part, did he just see them? Did well, he just see until, his name in the newspaper? Go, that guy, he looks pleasing on camera. Up until this point, Vic, or, or Billy Martin's been a, a pretty darn good attorney and, and has been well-known within legal circles as, as competent isn't the right word. No, I'm going to be like a, a guy who's going to go out there and he's going to win the case. Right, and right. now he's... So he's going to explode on the national scene. He's going right. to be the new big guy. Yeah. The new, you know, Lee Bailey or whoever. And now he's over two. Uh, is that Lee Bailey dead? I think he might be dead. I think he's still alive. I'm I not think the dream team sure. is is no no no. They're only missing true. one. No Shapiro. Who's dead? Somebody from the dream team is dead. Cochran. 
Well, no, 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 not Cochran. Somebody who's not Cochran. I thought somebody died before Johnny Cochran. Up until this moment, Boy, I forgot I that Johnny Cochran was dead. That's how vibrant a personality he is. In my head, I thought he was still still alive. Uh, all right, let's um, we'll do these calls here in a second to throw something else out. The ball Barry Bonds hit for his record-breaking 756th home run will be branded with an asterisk and sent to the Baseball Hall of Fame. <sighs> yeah, because I know you're a sports guy, and I'm really I, not. But the Barry Bonds thing. Uh, I've you been, so I've been ser- well. No, I've been searching a, a, on, a, on the right way to put this into words. It's it's technology. There are. We'll go back through history and we'll say Babe Ruth had access to technology that was not available to guys previous to him. Maris had access, and you know it's it's compared to stuff that's today. It's all sticks and stones. Well, it's an and exponential whatnot. growth. Exactly. Like the Moore's law of performance enhancing whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But the the example that I use is Gatorade. Guys didn't have access to that stuff prior to you know the late '60s, and all you know, and and Gatorade's got an entire institute down in uh, Arizona dedicated to sports performance and enhancing performance. And hey, what are the things that we can do to tweak you? Bonds is an extension of that, and and yeah, it really pushed it. And there's there's dubious. It's not healthy. It's not good for you. But there's going to come a time when that stuff is going to is going. Do you to think be it all ought to just be legal? Do you think you ought to be able to put whatever whatever you want into your body? You're going to be a sport guy. Everybody is. Well, I, I suppose that is true. It just it just doesn't. It can't be. You know. Um. Uh. Let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello, sir or madam, as the case may be. Uh. Hello. What's up? So the only thing that's worse than seeing your sister's birth pictures... Oh, wait, hold on. Stop for a second and reset the stage. I had mentioned uh, earlier in the program, just because otherwise people are going to think that you were just sitting out there waiting to talk about my sister's birth photos. I had mentioned inadvertently pulling a packet of photos out of my sister's glove box in the car, uh, opening them up and seeing that they were not pictures of her climbing Mount Hood, uh, but pictures of a baby being pushed out of a small thing. So kept them in the glove box? Well, it was... was, (laughs) Had she just picked them up or something? No, yeah, yeah, it was just like in parenthood. we were in the car, and she had taken a camping trip also around at some point in her life. And she's like, hey, I finally got the photos back of that camping trip. They're in the glove box. Me, all right. Okay. Two, two packets of photos. I'll just pick the top one. Wrong choice. And I open it up. And I actually, I didn't tell this part about the story. I pull out the photograph, and it's the, it seems wrong to say the money photo, but you know what I mean. It's the photo of the, you know, it's the, oh, that shouldn't look like that kind of photo and uh and she actually and she actually said without even looking at me without taking her eyes off the road hands still on the wheel my sister goes oh and if you see a photograph where i look like i'm screaming a lot and you know like i'm in a lot of pain you don't want to look at those i'm like well, that's too late that damage has been done <laughs> what is uh, what's worse than that sir uh at five years old seeing your mother give birth birth in a trailer was this is this a theoretical Hold story? Or is there some personal relevance? No, personal experience Please. here, buddy. Now I don't understand. Oh, so can you live? So you and your mom lived in the trailer. Yeah, we all lived in the trailer court uh, in Moala. You, of course, you were of course. a family of modest means. Uh, or did your family just, or did they just not believe in going to the big scary white hospital with all the uh, doctors? Uh, I think it was a, a way of means. That know. was for city folk. Okay. And so did you know what was going on? Had they warned you to stay out of the room, or was it a whole lot of... No, no, no. My mom, before she actually gave birth, she was uh, baking cookies and stuff, you know, like trying to welcome everyone in that could possibly come out of her family. Uh-huh. Like aunts, uncles. Yeah, sure. And they, uh, they say, okay, here it comes. Why don't, you, why don't we take you in there? And my dad takes me in there, holds me up, and says, here's a flashlight. Have a look. 
<laughs> Wait, hold on. So your father actually said, come check this out, in, in not so many words. I mean, almost exactly. Okay, great. That's wonderful. That really is great. That's like just a one big Merle Haggard story come to life there. All right. Thank you, <laughs> oh, sir. There's plenty more of white trash in a trailer court, but hey, hey you can maybe for another our, time. <laughs> you can be our go-to man on that subject. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank good. you, my friend. Uh, All right, there you go. Good God almighty. Let's get one more here, and then we'll talk a little bit more to Chris Sneathan. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, how's it going? What's up? Hey, I got a brother uh, who's been in the uh, Nevada State Penal for a couple years. Yes, and I got this letter the other day. I'll read a little excerpt for you. It should cheer you up. Okay. Well, right. Also, this is a letter from your brother who's in uh, some phase of the correctional system. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Indian Wells, actually. It sounds like a nice place, but it's right outside Las Vegas. Yeah. Okay. So I was in the gym today, and the coach here is reserving a job for O.J. Simpson. He will have to start out cleaning toilets, though. Believe this guy. It is like nonstop 24-hour coverage down here. Mark my words, he is through. The DA's office here does not lose many cases, and there's no way they lose this one. If he does go to trial, he will do at least 15 to 20 years, so he will probably end up getting a plea deal for like five years. How? I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. Oh, that How deeply satisfying would that be to be able to say that your brother was doing time with O.J. Simpson? <laughs> on, and, be fulfilling on so many levels. If you want, I can have him shanked in the name of the Rick Emerson show. No, oh. no, no, no. We, we don't advocate... We, do, we are not in favor of shanking. We are amused by it, but we are not in favor of it, sir. But I think... uh, how, about, how about a rough-up, then? Well, that's fine. You do, okay. that, I'll, you do that, I'll make sure it's a carton of cools. Okay. Excellent. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, there you go. O.J. Simpson. You know, I spent a weekend in uh, the Maricopa County Jail uh, along with uh, Sammy the guy... Gravano back in the day. Okay, well, let's, okay, let's stop and take these one at a time. Yes. The, the, that's the – is that where Sheriff – Sheriff Joe Pio. Yeah, and he's the guy like – With the pink underwear, the green baloney, and the tent. He's the Buford pusser of the, of, of the prison world, you right? You betcha. And he's, that's, he's the one that wanted Paris Hill – you know, and he's kind of a media whore, but he's the one who, yeah, puts him in pink jumpsuits, and they're in a tent, and you, you, bear, you get, like, slop to eat. Yep. And just and you know he's every time any celebrity is charged with something, he's right in front of the guy. Send him here. That's right. He's got room. So now, why were you in there? Uh, the charges were drive-by shooting and aggravated assault. And then a hush fell over the room. Really? True story. Now, um, let's back up for a second. If the charges now, this was a jail or this is a is this like a holding place? This, this was. Like a, uh, it was the Madison Street Jail in Maricopa County. Uh, it was their intake facility where uh, you're brought in, you're processed, and then you wait for either a judge or to get bailed out. Okay. So either like an arraignment or somebody gets you out of there. Right. And so this is now, how did this, how did this resolve for you, young Chris? Well, <laughs> um, yeah, you can just tell me. Did you shoot a guy? I did not shoot a guy. It was a case of mistaken identity. Um, was somebody like you? No, your it was. brother. I mean, it was. It was a. The cops showed me the picture, and it was a guy that looked an awful lot like me, uh, shopping at a store that I never went to, and uh, wearing a T-shirt that um, that they searched my apartment high and low trying to find, but would never find because it was one of those ones. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a large guy, and it was like a six XL uh, blue. T-shirt right. with uh, Tweety Bird with the arms crossed and the, <laughs> the, the backward hat. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I looked at that and I thought, well, gosh, you know, that sort of looks like me, but you put me in the wrong clothes. Right. And so yada, 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 they, you know, they, they kicked me. This is the initial questioning. 
Uh, they kicked me loose. Next day, I go into work. Ha, 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 you're never going to guess what happened to me. Um, you know, the cops questioned me, blah, blah, blah. Went on a date, came home that night. Cops, six cops came in and, and took, uh, took me away. And did they, I mean, was that place just as bad as it sounds? I mean, being held there for the weekend? Yeah. Because that, I mean, that guy makes it seem like it's, his whole thing is like, oh, prison, he, jail ought to be hard. Oh, so yeah. Was, he can, he prides himself on feeding inmates on less than a dollar a day, and gosh darn it, he did. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, not for you, well, clearly. No, but the best part of this whole story like was six, seven years ago. Sarah and I sharing this look like a whole, is Chris Neither a man with a past? <laughs> and so Sammy the Bull Gravano, Sammy the Bull Gravano was the guy who flipped on Gotti. Yes. Um, Sammy the Bull at the time Did you was, see him? Did you talk to him? I did not see him. Uh, they they once, keep him. Once I lawyered up, um, and my family, God bless them, came heavy, uh, the treatment, all of a sudden I was put to the front of the line right. for everything. Right. And... Uh, so they put me off in my own special little place until we could get everything sorted out Monday morning, because this all happened on a Friday night. Sure. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then half of Monday, I'm sitting there cooling my jets among uh, guys who are a very, very interesting cross Looking for a of, place to take out their resentment on society yeah, as a whole. Yeah. yeah. So, But uh, I did, uh, a couple weeks later, uh, I was working for the phone company, and, and a guy called in, and he was a... Uh, guard at the Madison Street Jail, and I said, you know, told him my story, and, and uh, he mentioned that he had escorted Sammy the Bull a couple of times, and he had this great story about these guys. Sammy the Bull's in this room, and it's a, it's a uh, you know, an 8 by 10 room with a big glass uh, window so that uh, guards and whatnot can look in, make right. sure you're not trading anything. And uh, so anyway, these two guys walk by. Sammy the Bull and his lawyer are in this room, in this conference room. Right. And uh, the guy, these two guys walk by, and they're like, oh, hey, Sammy the Bull, you know, and they start talking smack to Sammy the Bull. And so they, you know, they keep walking, and and, uh, they go down and do their business, whatever, with their visitors. And then they come back. Sammy's still in the conference room, and they start talking smack again. And all of a sudden, Sammy just comes unhinged, comes at the window, starts pounding on the glass. I'm Sammy the freaking Bull. I'm going to rip your head off, blah, 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 and, you you know, it's Sammy the Bull yeah. is, is I mean, decided that I'm a marked man now. Uh, not me, but these two guys. Yeah, and, and, and you know he's that's a guy who spent a whole lot of his life putting ice picks into guys' yes. ears. Like yeah. In movie so anyway, the guy said that he did have to go uh, issue them some new <laughs> underwear. <laughs> Jesus. Um, all right, we take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we're talking to Chris Neathan from OnTheVig.com. Tim Riley around the corner with more news. Uh, and I will. Uh, I'm, we're kind of doing a little call and response thing today, where I throw questions out and you give me the thoughts off the top of your head. Cool. I've been building up to one. We'll do that around the corner. Excellent. It's 503-733-2970. Also, Halo 3 uh, going out the door, as they say, before the top of the hour. Stay there. Rick Emerson, Sean, AM 970, Solid State Radio. Hello, everyone. It's 503-733-2970. It's Rick Emerson Radio Program here with Chris Sneathan from OnTheVig.com. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. In just moments, give away a copy of Halo 3 here in just a uh, skosh as well. Like us at 3, Don and Mike at 7. Ladies and gentlemen, he is your God now. He's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. It's justice. 
Hollywood style. The judge has declared a mistrial in the Phil Spector murder trial. At this time, I will find that the jury is unable to arrive at a verdict and declare a mistrial in this matter. Um, the jury is discharged. Does, uh, there were nine men, three women. Does Lana Clarkson have any money-grubbing relatives who can now go out and make a living off of this? Well, breaking news, a spokeswoman for the DA's office says we will try Spectre again. All parties will come back to court October 3rd. It's not over yet. Although some may wish it was. Well, it took them... Uh, when did he... Uh, I'm sorry, because we don't know that he shot her. When did he shoot that woman? Uh, he allegedly shot her. Uh-huh. Way back when. I mean, it was like in like 2000... July of 05 or something. Yeah, like it, was, it, was, it was multiple years ago. So... Uh, no, it was 2003. 2003. Holy... Four years. He shot the $9 an hour VIP hostess. <laughs> allegedly. After a night of drinking. We know he did it. We can see that here. <laughs> I mean, we're not KNX. No, <laughs> no, we are not. You are Truer words were never spoken, Tim Riley. We can see that at a distance. We know what kind of people we're dealing with. <laughs> Meanwhile, closer to home, we have another dead man to worry about. Police discovered a man whose lifeless body was found inside a northeast home this afternoon. Dead man rotting. A few hours after he showed up armed no, with a gun, no. telling his girlfriend he wanted to get back together again. Good move. With Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll, they'll be together someday. This happened at Northeast 148th and Broadway. They received a report of a woman saying her ex-boyfriend showed up at the door armed with a weapon and wanted to get back together again. Details of the encounter are few. She repeatedly heard a shot and then ran for her life. Really? What other cops surrounded the Cops surrounded the house. They finally got the courage to go in. They found the man dead. The cops had to build the courage to come in. I mean, they're cops. What is, what is it? Isn't that part of the deal? You've got guns and Kevlar. What do you? And he's clearly dead. Yeah. I don't know. Let's wait out here for a few hours. See what develops. Conniving coyotes are unnerving some in Tiger. They're a little bit too close to comfort for some neighbors. Over the past few weeks, people in the Fano Park area have been seeing and hearing lots of coyotes, or the cowboys call them coyotes. They think there may be as many as ten of these beasts out there. They've been seen running through yards and streets. I don't like cruelty to animals with some, but they have to be purged from our neighborhood. We didn't buy property here to put up with this. Leave them alone and they'll leave you alone, said another animal lover. The animal shelter in Washington County heard several concerned pet owners whose cats are missing. Yeah, I don't think that's true so much, but if you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. I think that may be a flawed reasoning. The coyotes think the, the cats are yummy. Well, they are. Mm -hmm. That's why I live in the Couve. <laughs> because because of they the can't coyotes. swim. Yeah, exactly. They'd like to get there. If only if only they could navigate the bridge system. That's the next step. All right. Well, that's it for now, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Riley. I have to get back to the newsroom. Of course, to prepare the live news you'll be delivering okay. throughout the day, four, five, six, and seven. The top of the hour, the way through, like us, yeah, Tim Riley. That's the way it is. Oh, wonderful. All right. Well, tomorrow maybe we'll hear about Phil Spector from CNN if they feel you know that it's Gosh. noteworthy. Uh, we're here with Chris Sneathan from OnTheVig.com. All right, so a couple weeks ago, uh, I was otherwise occupied, and I got a, a picture message from you on my phone. Um, what is the name for that? What do you call it? It's not a text message. It's, it's a, a picture, picture text, message. Picture message? SMS I, or something like that. A miss pick. A miss, a miss pick. Yeah, I got that. I got a picture from you on my phone. It was a picture of uh, Barack Obama, and you had typed the caption, your next president. Yes. Go. Barack Obama is, is not going to happen. 
Because there's just no... I don't... He, because he, you've said it. Don't you feel like there is a general letting out of the air in that balloon? Don't you feel like we all kind of were really excited as Sarah has... You know, we, Sarah and I have talked about the, the caffeine peak, you know, when you're sort of like, the coffee is really kicking in and you're feeling great. It's wonderful. And then about half an hour later, you're kind of like, well, I don't quite there's have the energy. There's so much get. time between now and the... And the primaries and the caucuses. Unless he starts dividing loaves and fishes on television, there is no way because Hillary Clinton's numbers are not going to drop. They're where they're going to be. She couldn't. I mean, the polarization happens. She's done. He can only go down, right? I mean, there's just no. There's no way. I'm trying to think back to. Democrats are stupid if they nominate Hillary Rodham Clinton. I mean, there's just there's just no. Her negatives are so high. There's. Half the country out there will not vote for her, period. And so if we want to win a 51-49, have another 51-49 election, then by all means, let's have Hillary and Rudy, and I'm moving to Canada. I, I mean, it, it does, I'm not sticking around. Hang out with Alec Baldwin. Oh, my God. I mean, it does seem like all of the elections, uh, you know, recently have come down to that anyway, right? Where it's even, the House is evenly is evenly divided. The elections are swung by, you know, a couple million votes. Uh, or if, depending on how you look at Idaho, swung you know, by less than, I, you know. I... I talked to conservative friends of mine, conservative Christian friends of mine, who voted for Bush twice. Right. And they look at Obama and they say, you know what, I can vote for that guy. But, and there's, there's none of them can muster the courage to vote for Hillary. Is that true, really? I mean, but don't you th- it just seems like we're at a point where if you are a self-identified conservative... That it's like you're, it is almost like a religious thing. Like you've got to vote for whoever the Republicans vote. Oh yeah, no, it is. It is a religious thing. To. And I remember in, in other words, they, they, in other words, if, if there just somehow was no Republican candidate, they might be able to hold their noses and vote for Barack Obama. But they wouldn't. But they, but given the choice between Barack and like anybody on the Republican side, they're not gonna. I'm saying it's a de facto 50-50 split anyway, because unless the, Dem- the, the Republicans the truly, nominate Satan, you the know, truly the truly dyed in the wool religious Kool Aid drinking. Right wing. Uh, I mean, you see it in the polls every day. It's 29. It's 30 percent. It's there's there's this this mass out there, like me. I mean, I was a full on Gingrich ditto head, voted right. for Bush in 2000. You know, Democrat. And I remember a Republican. And I remember in 2004 when um, I was doing my original blog for Oregon Live, and it was tracking my thought as an undecided voter and my movement from being a Bush supporter to looking and saying, oh, my gosh, you know, we got to get out of this thing. Right. I remember sitting down there on, on the night that I filled out my ballot, and it took all my courage to – and this, you know, it, it was just one of those things where it took all my, my everything to Mark Carey. Just, just because you identified as a, as a conservative? It, yeah. And, and just, like, turned your stomach, like, oh, Democrat. Oh. It was. It was yeah. tough. You know, it's not – it's obviously – it's – Become a lot easier for me since. <laughs> <laughs> the ensuing years have made that choice. Well, it's a little more palatable. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it was just one of those things where it took that one moment to look and say, "Gosh, I can't have four more years of that." Don't you think that all the people who, correctly or incorrectly, whether or not this is whether this is reality or whether this is just sort of the delusion of nostalgia, don't you think all the people who miss the Clinton years want to vote for Hillary because they look back and they go, "God, wouldn't it be great to sort of have Bill back?" That's what this is. It's like a backdoor way yeah, to get it, Bill back you, in the you White could, House. You could be right, and I think that there's a lot of that sentiment, but I think that there's still a lot of folks, even on the Democratic side, who look and say, um, the Clinton years for me is, is a real big blind spot because, again, I you know, 
from like '93 until 2000 until 2004. You were obsessed with the Ring of Death around oh my the gosh, about you know. the many many people they'd had killed over the oh, years. Sure, yeah. Oh sure, and so yeah. you know, so I look back on the Clinton years, and and I and I. You mentioned Bill Clinton, and like I say, it's just it's this blank spot for me because I I remember listening to Rush and right. listening to you know all those guys, and you know I'm not afraid to admit it and and believing all of that stuff. And so once you look and you say, gosh, maybe I was wrong about that, it's tough to go back and reconstruct. Sure, I guess those, that's true. All those, I, that's a fair point. What actually. happened? It's a fair point because it's like I, you know when I uh, you know I'll look back on. Um, my wife is probably a better example. She'll talk about growing up Mormon, you right. know, and she'll say that even now when she tries to go back and think about all of her Mormon sort of indoctrination, uh, objectively, that she just can't because she still views it through the prism of the way exactly. she thought when she was 13, 14, exactly. 15, whatever. But I'll be having a long talk with Scotty J one of these days. Put you and Scotty <laughs> in a room. See if you can talk to him. All right. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, we are going to... Uh, Give away a copy of Halo 3. Do not call quite yet about this. So here's what we're going to do. I don't have time to roll uh, this full top five with all the production values and all the bells and whistles and everything. Or do we? No. So here's, we have very little time. So here's the way we're going to do it. Uh, we are going to uh, quickly, and I mean literally less than like 60 seconds, we're going to roll through a top five that we have already done. Uh, this is a top five that has already happened, that we have already done. And what we will do, Scotty, we'll start with caller five just over the break. And if you can identify what the theme of this top five was, you'll score a copy of Halo 3. So I'm going to roll through these songs real quickly. We'll go to the break. We'll come back. And it's 503-733-2970. So the question is, what is the connecting thematic tissue, one might say, in these six songs? Song number six, honorable mention, Spinal Tap and Hellhole. Song number six is Spinal Tap and Hellhole. Song number five. Mother Love Bone, Captain High Top. Mother Love Bone, Captain High Top is song number five. Number four is The Who. Won't get fooled again, I say, realizing that I'm really just badly reconstructing some KGON giveaway mechanism. Song number three, Achilles' Last Stand by Led Zeppelin. This is like a My Three Songs sort of thing, but without any sort of wit behind it. Song number two, as Scotty would say, Voodoo Chili by, by Jimi Hendrix. Scotty J's Voodoo Chili by Jimi Hendrix. And song number one, ACDC's Have a Drink on Me. There you go. All right. We will now at this point take call number five, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you know what the theme of that top five was when we did it a few weeks back, score yourself a copy of Halo 3. Yes, indeed. That's exactly what it was, sir. Copy of Halo 3 in your hot little hand. 503-733-2970. Back after this with Chris Needham. Your phone calls will wrap it all up next. Stay there. Radio program. Scotty, this this guy right here, line, uh, whatever this is, line one, is that it? See, uh, really? All right, hold on. Hi, is this Brian? Yeah, this is Brian. Brian, what was the connecting theme behind that top five we just ran through? Uh, band members who 
one of them choked on their own vomit and died. Well done, even if it's only in Scotty J's imagination, because there was a yeah. little bit of debate about the Keith moon. But, yes, that was, in fact, the theme of that uh, previously done topic. Congratulations, my friend. I'm going to put you back on hold. We'll get you some information. You want to have a copy of Halo 3 from uh, AM 970. Congratulations, sir. All right. All right, there you go. Uh, we'll be giving away a copy of that tomorrow and Friday as well. Uh, one also going out to the uh, Glorious Bastard of the Week, if you were not a Glorious Bastard. I sign up at 970.am. Also, tomorrow we'll be announcing a big giveaway happening next week. Uh, you got to be a Glorious Bastard to be eligible. Chris Neathen on the vig.com. Hello. Hi. So Thank you for having me in. Not at all. We'll have you back. Uh, we, we'll talk more about the, uh, especially as we get closer to the election, Tom Potter, all that. Uh, we haven't even talked about Greg Oden. All of that. Uh, awesome. And more covered at On The Vig, rhymes with big, onthevig.com. Uh, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum and Lisa Goddard today. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the loving and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley, the PA, Scotty J, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn, like us, Donna, Mike, uh, John, and Jeff all coming up. We'll see you tomorrow at 11. Until then, don't let the bastards write it down. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. And goodbye now. Laura is right back to her unbuttered self again. So. <laughs>